0: Welcome to The Tome, a D&D news, reviews, and interview show, and I'm your Tome editor, Sam Dillon. And today, we are bringing you Season 2 of the World Tree Burns podcast, the official actual play 5th edition DD podcast that takes place in the Cobalt Press setting Midgard. We hope you enjoy this season, and without further ado, let's see what Dan Dillon has in store for his
1: players.
2: Look, mate. Three generations ago, my ancestors forged the Great Blade Skull Splitter. With it... They won the Goblin Wars, the Hobgoblin Wars, the Orc Wars, the Demon Wars, the Elf Wars, and the Gelatinous Cube Wars. That one doesn't even make sense because they don't have skulls. Now, all these years later, the legend of the Great Skull Splitter grows. Offering dice to help you create your own legends, Skull Splitter Dice makes the highest quality dice beautiful dice of both plastic and metal. Want to roll bones that look like bones? or just something with enough heft to split the skulls of your enemies, Skull Splitter Dice has that and more. Check them out now at skullsplitterdice.com slash tomeshow and use the coupon code show, with all little letters and get 15% off. Now get out there, split some skulls, and build some legends.
1: Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to the World Tree Burns here on the Encounter Roleplay Network. Uh, I am your host and Dungeon Master, Dan Dillon. Uh, I am not Will, you uh, you may notice. Uh, he is not with us at the moment. We're hoping we'll have him back later. Uh, he's getting a couple of things squared away. So uh, this is going to be a little bit of an abbreviated intro, and we're just going to kind of get right into it. So uh, this, this show is uh, sponsored by a whole bunch of people on a Google Drive Sheet that I can't find. So... Uh... <laughs> I know we have Cobalt Press, we've got uh, Fantasy Grounds, I believe we had Wayland Games uh, in, in the UK, Yep. and they're all fantastic people, and I'm super biased because I write for Cobalt Press and I love their stuff, and Wolfgang's the best, and you should check it all out. Uh, so, uh, I'm your Dungeon Master, and we're just going to go around and get everybody going, and we're going to jump right into the game. So, simply... Tabletop loot.
2: I, Table I, I people no. in chat. No. no. I there me, is. I
1: okay. There's a
3: sponsor thing came up. Fantasy ground, right, Games.
1: No, no tabletop. Loop. No. Dice Envy. <laughs> Get yeah, out of here. Here. Dice Envy. No Oops.
0: windows today.
1: Dice Envy. <laughs> Dice Envy, people.
0: <laughs> simply Jackson. i Simply. I play a dwarf and she smashes things. So that's about it. Nick Logan.
1: <laughs> Present
4: and go. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> That's it. I'm present. Scarlet Moth.
5: Hi, I'm Scarlet Moth. I'm playing Rowan, the Ravenfolk cleric who's a bit weird and likes to eat raw meat and stuff. Okay. Yep. Uh, also, I'm now that Will's gone, I'm the most attractive person on this channel. Can't
0: confirm. I'm
1: not gonna argue. Last, but certainly not least, Tall Squall, go for it. Hey, I'm here. I'm
3: Glaz, who is a geomancer, and he is trying to learn all the things about. About the ley lines and such and things and all the stuff, and is ready to get out there and uh watch some underground nasties meet up at his favorite spot in the whole
1: world. All right, so uh, with that, we'll uh, we'll do a quick recap of what happened last time. Uh, when last we left our heroes, you had um. Let's see. It was, I believe, Tilly and Cloak who went crawling through the uh, the lair where the vampires spawned from the Blood Kingdom uh, were were holding up, and uh, where a face from Rio past, Danielle, his uh, former partner in crime, uh, his ex lover. Um, was being held captive and who until that very moment, Triodan thought had been dead for, uh, for quite some time since their coup against the Blood King was crushed. Um, and so the, in, uh, in the wake of getting him the hell out of there into safety, Cloak and Tilly searched through the house, found some grisly remains in a kitchen where clearly vampires had been doing their messy, messy eater thing, uh, and then found a coffin, a lovely gorgeous coffin full of something very heavy. Long story short, they cracked it open, a glyph of warding exploded into flame and lit the whole place on fire, and they got a hell of a lot of gold out of it. Big 10-pound bricks of gold. Um,
0: Look, the show's called World Tree Burns, and we were like, there's not enough fire clearly, so let's just make it happen.
1: Not nearly enough things burning, and we're just gonna go ahead and take care of that. Uh, And so...
5: The world tree is uh, lit, fam.
1: Yes, uh, lit af, and uh, so after unwinding in the cross public bathhouse, where they tipped very well to secure some private bathing uh, chambers, they uh, they met a bathhouse Drake. And uh, and who, who kept the water nice and steamy and warm for them. Uh, they discussed their plans. They got uh, the, the grime and pain and sweat and blood uh, cleansed off of themselves. And they sort of regrouped uh, as, as a collective. And they have realized that tonight is the night. At midnight at the Silk Scabbard, the, uh, the bar... Fight Pit and Brothel where they all kind of congregate and hang out. There is going to be a sit-down between the mercenary company known as the Black Shields and a gang of tiefling warlocks, sorcerers, and wizards known as the Cloven Nine. Not exclusively tieflings, but they're, uh, they're well-known for their, their infernal blood. Uh, and so there's been some bad blood between those two organizations. Something about one of their people was killed in the cartways, and there was infernal script carved into his forehead. It was all a little muddy, and that just sort of created tensions between the two groups from there that's been festering and growing a little bit over the months as time has gone on. So uh, our heroes have negotiated a... Discussion and hopefully the brokering of a truce between these two people before it erupts into anything super serious, like, you know, demon fights in the streets and shit. So uh, that will be happening this evening at midnight. Until then, you guys have about seven hours uh, worth of time to get yourselves together, make any preparations you wanted to do, and just be ready to be there if you want to. I mean, you guys could just wash your hands of the whole thing and check in the next day if you want. Uh, Cloak.
4: Is there homeless people in this town?
1: Oh sure, yeah. There are uh, there are the destitute and and downtrodden. Um, you're going to find a lot of them in the lower Zobek and Ashmill uh, district. Um, mm-hmm. You can find people begging uh, near some of the more richer affluent areas. Although the watch does a pretty good job at keeping them kind of away from the really richer portions of town so you're not going to find too much in the way of begging and homelessness in Upper Zobek or um, the Citadel District um, nor would you find it so much in the gear or temple district
4: okay yeah <laughs> just um, I don't know uh, if anyone else has some stuff I want they want to do uh, please let me go ahead sure. with me
1: Oh yeah, and I guess I ought to uh I guess I ought to um recap right, for our, our last time our wonderful our wonderful viewers. Uh, the very last thing that happened is that uh, Cloak, our Niemheim gnome, received a sending from his uncle that was explaining that for some reason grandmother's daughters, uh who Cloak would know as creatures called the Vila, beautiful fey creatures, all all female, um Incredibly beautiful, charming, enticing, also horribly vicious and dedicated to Grandmother Baba Yaga. Uh, The grandmother's daughters and minions have been surrounding uh, his home city, like right up to the edge of the Wormwood. Now they're not coming in. Whatever pacts that your people made with the Eleven Hells and the Archdevils is still holding, but they can't get out to find someone to make a sacrifice. And so, since you're out and about that's your responsibility this month. And you have until the full moon to, uh, to make that happen or very bad things will befall. And how long is till the full moon? That is just shy of three weeks. Okay.
4: Um, so we have seven hours. Um, I think what I'm going to do is, uh, uh, I'm going to break away from the group, uh, uh, and not and not go notice, uh, and leave uh, 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 Puff Puff with uh, Rowan for the time being uh, as I okay. uh, sneak out of there. Um, and uh, I am going to go to uh, Lower Zobeck or Ash Mill uh, sector uh, and uh, <clears throat> try to find some homeless people who are uh, not in a very populated area.
1: Okay. Let's see, that shouldn't be terribly difficult. So let's see, it's uh, it's probably early evening at this point. Um, so the sun is still up, although it is it is heading towards setting. Uh, so you're gonna head down to lower Zobek, uh, down toward the river. Um, and again, remembering that this Zobek map is flipped. I have to constantly tell myself that. So you're heading to the east side river. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you... Yeah, what are you looking for in particular? Just anybody loitering about? um... Uh, Someone who looks like they're uh, desperate for money. Okay. So why don't you give me a quick... um... We'll make it an intelligence... We can make it a perception. We'll make it a wisdom perception check to see uh, how well you can scrounge somebody up.
4: So, uh, now since I'm level 6, I have a new favorite terrain... Uh, I have, uh, ur- I now have urban as my uh, terrain. Okay. Uh, makes a can lot of I sense use cloak? Can I use that to my advantage? Uh,
1: let's take a quick gander at uh, natural explorer and see what that gives uh, you.
2: I'm uh, pretty uh, sure you, what your
4: your group can't be lost by magical means. You won't right. be endangered in activity travel. Blah, blah blah blah. If you're traveling alone, you can move stealthily at a normal pace. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, when you forage, okay, uh, while tracking other creatures, you also learn the exact number of sizes, blah, 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 okay.
1: Right, so you have, you have bennies for, um, for the tracking mostly, and, um, I mean, travel as far as if you're gonna be traveling across the city at some point, that might come into play. Um, your primeval awareness is a little more potent, uh, in your favorite, in your favorite terrain.
4: Yeah, um, intelligence or wisdom checks... Uh, related to your favorite terrain, so perception check. My proficiency would be doubled, so it'd be uh, seven. Current. Yeah, I'll
1: I'll give that to you for this one. Sure. Okay. Um,
4: so Since let it me, has I, to do
1: with knowing knowing where to look and uh, yeah, following up. Okay, on your knowledge of the um, city. and
4: finding finding a good mark. Um, yep. So here we go. Add three to
1: this, so to be twenty two. Twenty-two, nice. Okay, uh, yeah. So you are able to find. Um, are, are you looking for uh, like a single person? Are you looking for a single a group? Person. Do you do you care? Okay. All right. So you find a um, young dwarf who is just sort of uh, like hunkered alone in an alleyway. There's um, like like on the stoop of a back door. Of uh, of mm-hmm. a largish largish building, and taking a glance at the building, it looks like it's probably tenements, uh, and he is just sort of camped out on the stoop there, and it looks like he's managed to scrounge. Or steal some food that he's kind of wolfing down by himself. Uh, Every now and then, you kind of keep an eye on him because he's sitting on the the stoop of this building. It's possible he lives there, but given the looks that a few people who go in or out of the building give him, um, they're looking at him like he's uh, he's a garbage stain on their front door. Okay. Um,
4: When no one's around, uh, Cloak would approach him uh, with a... uh, Platinum coin out, and
1: uh, he says, "Looking to make some coin." So as you approach, he uh, he kind of snaps his eyes up to you, and he crumples this um, this waxed like butcher paper that now that you're close, it looks like he probably fished it out of a bin, and Mm -hmm. uh, and kind of wraps it around whatever he was eating, and sort of clutches it to his chest, and his eyes narrow a little bit, and he says, "What? Who, Who are you? What do you want?" Uh, so, um, I have
6: uh, some work to do in the cartways, and uh, I need someone strong to carry things. And uh, you look like you're strong and capable, and look like you need the coin.
1: He um, he narrows his eyes suspiciously as you're as you're rattling through this, um, God, and he persuaded. just kind of yeah, <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> Yeah, you can make a, a charisma persuasion check. An advantage
4: because I'm shady. Mm-hmm. Um, Alright, here we go. Uh,
1: 12? 12. Um, so, he doesn't immediately sort of clam up and reject you, but he doesn't make any move to get off the stoop and follow you. He kind of mm-hmm. eyes you up and down a little bit, and he says uh, I don't see many gnomes not outside the ones that say they come from the shadow. Are you from the shadow, huh? No, does it look like I come from a shadow? He kind of, he squints and leans forward. His beard is, um, it's not very well kept. It looks like it was pulled into a braid probably a month ago at this point and really hasn't been uh, been washed or maintained very well. A lot of his whiskers are broken and kind of sticking out. Um, and there's a little uh, kind of cracked leather strap holding his braid together, and uh, it's starting to it's starting to fail. Um, he kind of glares into you for a moment, and his eyes have this sort of uh, yellowish cast to what would usually be a white. Um, mm-hmm. And he says, How much money are you paying, huh? Well, there's one platinum here. Uh, so did you pull out a platinum piece and flash? Oh coin? yeah.
4: I, I had that. I had that. I was like, oh, 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 oh. and I had Sorry. a platinum piece. I, out.
1: I missed that. You were, you were flashing a platinum piece. Uh, oh, I'm space. flashing. A platinum so piece. he, uh, so he, um, he reaches out for the coin. I flip it to him. I was like, come on, let's go. So you flip it, and he kind of startles and, like, swats at it, drops his food in the, uh, the kind of, like, a little nasty standing puddle in the, the cobbles that haven't been well-maintained in a while, and there's a little bit of a sinkhole where the, the kind of runoff has gathered from the alleyway. He manages to grab the coin, and he just clutches it to his chest. He looks at it and looks at you back down to the coin, and that just kind of goes on for an uncomfortable minute or so. And he finally takes it and, like, sniffs the coin and tucks it back into a pocket and stands up and looks around and he says, all right, you want, you want me to carry something? Okay. Let's, let's go.
4: All right. And then uh, bring him down to the cartways. Okay. You take him down and to the cartways. My plan, uh my plan in the cartways is uh, I'm going to take him deep into the cartways. Uh, and um, I'm trying to think what means I have to knock someone out I mean the hilt of my sword yeah yeah. Uh, so basically what I would do um, is uh, I would disappear from his view uh, and get to a point where I know that I can get behind him and fucking uh, hilt smash him, uh, hilt punch him uh, in the back of his head to knock him out uh, and then uh, begin the ritual.
1: So are you taking him anywhere in particular, or just like a deep, dark, Deep,
4: deep in the dark. Uh, yeah, deep in the dark, and where no one can really hear us, uh, but also staying alert to other things out and about.
1: Okay. Um, go ahead and make me a wisdom perception check, and I'll go ahead and give you double your proficiency bonus on this one as well, to kind of... Okay. Uh, sorry, we'll make it a survival check.
4: Okay, well... Uh, that would That's also right. be a plus four, uh, pl- with the three. So it'd be 20, yep. dirty 20.
1: Okay, dirty 20, nice. Uh, <laughs> all right, so you're able to navigate the, um, the semi-familiar, at this point, tunnels of the cartways beneath Lower Zobek. You've spent a fair bit of time exploring these particular tunnels, so you're able to find your way mm-hmm. around and retrace your steps on a few of those uh, passageways that you've explored before. And you are in a series of what looks like Uh, crumbling old... It basically looks like a church or temple undercroft at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, Like maybe a sub-basement of a sub-basement that was sort of sealed off and forgotten. Um, There are burial niches in the walls that hold little except for some bits of stone rubble that have crumbled off of the masonry and dust. If there were any bodies here at one point, uh, they've either been picked apart by rats and scavengers and scattered, or they were Moved and interred somewhere else. Um, mm-hmm. So he's uh, following along with you. He doesn't really seem um, terribly uh, discomforted by the darkness. He seems to, you know, adjust to it just fine, um, given his uh, his natural dark vision and all of that. Uh, and he mm-hmm. kind of mutters quietly to himself, whisper. You catch like faint snatches of him whispering to himself. Uh, over the course of time as you lead him through the through the carways. And so you end up in this old, basically like what looks like a crumbling temple crypt. Um, mm-hmm. There is a set of stairs that goes up about three steps and then stops at a solid stone masonry wall that was built in the stairway. Mm-hmm. And so he uh, uh, he comes in and just starts kind of looking around. Uh, and he doesn't really say anything to you. And you can hear him sort of muttering, i got to find something to move. Uh, where is it? Where is it? And then he trails off into kind of grumbling and dwarvish. Uh, and mm-hmm. as he does so, he heads over to the center of the room where there is a low marble uh, stone bier. Um, which it doesn't look like it was an altar necessarily, but maybe it was a slab where if someone were going to be interred down here, if there would be funeral services, the body might be laid out on, uh, on this this place. Mm-hmm. And he's sort of like looking around it and he kind of puts his hands on the dusty marble top and kind of leans over looking at the other side, looking for whatever it is you want him to carry.
4: Uh, at this point, like uh, I want to stealth up and just hit him in the back of the head using my uh, primal warrior, or, um, not primal warrior. What is that? Um, planar warrior. Planar warrior. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, All right. Uh, using it so, as um, non-lethal
4: damage to the back of the head.
1: Go ahead and go ahead and make me a dexterity stealth check. We'll see how silently you can creep up on him. All right. Oh, pretty sneakily <laughs> 22 20, 22 all right so between your um, practiced skill your raw um, your just your uh, your raw nimbleness and uh, and and light-footed step uh, coupled with his distraction and the fact that you're skulking around in pitch blackness uh, which mm-hmm. for you guys is you can see but not super well He has no idea. You just ghost up right behind him. And as you do, your cloak sort of unfurls and slithers off of your left hand where it kind of wraps itself usually and you use it as a shield. It sort of unwraps itself from around your hand and kind of spreads out behind you. Okay. and uh and the uh, the dwarf just sort of settles back on his heels after failing to find anything on the other side and he's just kind of uh settling back and he scratches the back of his neck with his grubby stubby fingers yeah and fucking helped all right. So you take a moment to concentrate. You reach out to the. Um, you've learned that down here in the dank depths of the cartways, there's this almost inherent connection, almost like this place is a little bit closer to shadow than the rest of the city. Um, mm-hmm. There's a ley line. There's a powerful uh, ley line that carries a shadow road, and you can sometimes reach out and grab the little uh, the the trickles of that power. But down here in this place, particularly in this old crypt there's just, there's a chill that has settled into the stones and you can feel it kind of seeping into your muscles and bones. And it's just Mm -hmm. so easy. The blade of your saber instantly turns black, absorbing those shadows into itself. And the blade makes not even a whisper uh, through the air as you reverse your grip on it. And bring the pommel crushing down on his head. I'm not even going to mm-hmm. cause you to roll. You're rolling a bunch of extra damage because you've called on the, called on the your knowledge of the planes. Uh, you hear a sickening crack as his skull pops against the brass pommel of your blade, and he lets out this just sort of pathetic little <clears throat> and just slumps forward, <sighs> wet and heavy against the stones. I'm assuming mm-hmm. you want to knock him unconscious, not kill him. Yeah. Right. So you easily drop him to zero hit points and uh, he just collapses forward, insensate and unconscious. Um, now, this ritual I have to do, do I know how long mm-hmm. it's going to take? You do. Um, you can... So there's some wiggle room to it. There's a few things that absolutely have to happen. There has to be uh, a sort of formal dedication in Infernal to the devils with whom this pact was made. And you know some mm-hmm. of the names that must be intoned. And a lot of times, particularly when you're in the, the safety of Niemheim, uh, these will go on quite a while. It's kind of a big deal. It's mm-hmm. sort of a macabre community gathering when this happens. Yeah. Uh, however, you know that if you just wanna hit the um, the necessary bits to make sure all the, all the check marks uh, get marked, uh, you can probably have this done in about 10 minutes.
4: Okay. Uh, so, uh, I secure him up tight, uh, with some rope, uh, gag him. Uh, you can if you, you want,
1: you know that, you know that there's really no hope of him coming Okay. Through.
4: Um, so, um, and, uh, at this point, uh, I would say, uh, basically, uh, in Infernal, uh, he'd be standing over the body, taking out his dagger, um one of the daggers that he has uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, puts it like right here in his chest
6: and Infernal he's like for the pact of Guard, I make our, our solidify our contract with and say the names because I don't know them sure um, that's fine uh, and uh, this pack of blood protect us from grandmother and their dastardly or their daughters and uh, then takes up the fucking dagger uh,
4: mm-hmm. and uh begins to plunge it uh as uh he uh completes his sacrifice uh in this ritual um on this uh on this uh being uh and as the ritual uh uh I don't know if anything happens. If there's like they're like, Congratulations, you just sacrificed someone
1: <laughs> or, like so um, uh so you know that a few yes. things you had to do is there were a few infernal um symbols that you had to prepare around the body which was easily yep. enough done you use some charcoal from your pouch and you mark mm-hmm. them on the marble uh, at the head and foot of the uh, of the sacrifice and you hold up the dagger you intone the words you call out each of the names and as you say each of the names in those guttural clipped tones of the infernal tongue you can just hear each of the names the sound of your voice becomes almost the most real thing in existence as you say each of them. It's almost Mm -hmm. like there's this inaudible bell note on each one. And you say uh, a total of 11 names and you just run Mm -hmm. through them one after the other. You've known them your entire life. And each time there's that, that. It's the feeling of a bell strike, but you don't actually hear anything. And you punctuate that by driving the blade down into this uh, into this poor figure's heart uh, lying prostrate before you. There's a crack of bone as your blade slices through his sternum. His back arches, his eyes flutter open and blood gushes from his throat and out of his mouth and his eyes go black. <sighs> And the sound of the blade striking into his heart creates a 12th and final silent bell note. He stays arched up on the back of his skull and on his his heels, supporting his weight for probably a full five seconds. And you can just see something drain out of him. You've seen people die on your blade before, and there's always something a little terrible about it, even though you may become Mm -hmm. calloused and inured to it. This is different And you've seen a few of these rituals performed before, and it's always the same. It's like you can see everything that this person was pour down into the stone, and you can smell this very uh, thick, hot, heady blast of sulfur. And then it's gone. The body relaxes and collapses silently on the stone. Uh, The smell lingers for a breath or two and then fades completely. And you look down and this figure you've seen dead bodies before again, but this one just seems empty in a way that most corpses don't. Uh, A lot of times they look somehow like it's just a, just a person in repose sleeping. This one uh, you look at it and there's a little bit of a chill in your spine. It's, it's very clear that something more has happened.
4: Yeah. Um, And at this point when the ritual ends, Cloak stands up uh, and then goes uh, and to his, where he hid the, the platinum piece and takes it out uh, and then holds it in his hand uh, mm-hmm. and then looks at the body and goes, The process pulled. And then flips it to where it lands on his chest and uh, the shadows envelop Cloak uh, as he's no longer standing by the body. Okay. And that's that's the done. end of that scene. Yes, indeed. <laughs>
1: All right.
5: <laughs> uh, I so. have a question. Yes? What the fuck?
1: Mm. <laughs> I'm, uh, I am am a little curious how many of the players have checked out Niemheim and what its deal is. <laughs> I mean, I know I, know, I know, Tall Squall knows. <laughs> yeah. I, I know a lot about Niemheim.
4: Uh, and uh, basically... Uh, If you you want the TLDR, the first episode we went over this, but Mm -hmm. Cloak, um, his backstory is that, so Nieheim has to make a sacrifice uh, to appease the devils to protect him from grandmother, which is a deal that uh, went sour 200 years ago between the gnomes and uh, Baba Yaga. And so so they chose the lesser of two evils uh, to protect them kind of Um, you know uh, and so basically um, the story of cloak is that uh, his mom would go out and get uh, uh, people to sacrifice Uh, but one day uh, he's waiting for her to come back and uh, she was being chased by this knight in all black and on this like really wicked looking horse Uh, and she ends up getting attacked uh, and dying well uh his dad they they were able to get in the forest and as soon as that happened the, the rider went away because he couldn't see her anymore because that the forest line really makes him disappear um, so uh, what at, like TLTR uh, his dad uh does a blood ritual to a cloak that uh, uh, it, it is now bonded with uh cloak um at the time, uh so he his the cloak that he'd wear is his mother's uh uh rich the blood ritual, so that's why it always protects him yep. so um oh boy the, yep, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of, and he lost his dad because they had to sacrifice him because she didn't bring back a human. So
1: she didn't bring back an outsider, and someone had to be paid up to the devils, otherwise their deal with uh with the arch devils breaks, and then grandmother can find them. So I that, didn't uh, sign up for
5: this heartbreaking backstory. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's
1: that's what you think. <laughs> All right, uh, so. Back up topside in the, uh, the happy land of Zobek where there is clockwork people and griffins flying in the air and uh, lovely flowers bedecking all of the, the wonderful magical lights that, that light the streets and keep the, the horrible things below at bay. Uh, anything that you guys up topside want to do in preparation for the, the sit down this evening?
0: Uh, I think Tilly, knowing that we might potentially have a fight on her hand again, is going to be a couple of sheets of beer ready, okay. and right. is going to be trying to convince Glass to go back to the library and talk to his lady friend. You, you'll never know. You never know what could happen in the meantime. You, I mean, you know, you need to make friends, let them know that your, your time's limited, and you make sure that, you know, you, you spend quality time with these people who care about you. That's what you should do.
3: But but you don't understand. You you can't rush these things. You have to you have to go very slowly. And you know, it's just it's one of those things that it how, it, it, it will but, take but, it would just it, it just just it takes a little, but wait, takes a little bit Oh wait, how many times have
0: you gone very slowly? Has any of the slow ever come to an end? You need you need to find the end, glass. let's go. Like right now, she's like shoving him a little bit, like we have to go.
5: If you, uh, no 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 if you no are, no no
3: no 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 this was this, this spend, is fine.
5: I'm... If you spend your whole life going slowly, then she's going to be dead in the earth before before you actually pick up the courage to talk to or her. Or with
0: another trokin. You never know. you should really go find yourself or you should go talk to well, her. There
3: aren't many- Things around. So uh, but, uh, that's the other thing. You, you never. I, I need to do some more research. I need to see uh, some more of the things that she likes and does not like, and if, whether she would oh, even wait. want to.
0: Are you seeing you need a friend to talk to her for you? Would you like me to research her for you? Oh, let you know no, any information no. I find out. No,
3: we don't need that at all. Not even a little bit. No, that will be fine. Uh, it would be, no, no, no. This is that would be good. Uh, I think no, I'll help uh, out a little
0: bit. Maybe she knows about runes and I can ask her about the ones that are in my hand. and then and then I could bring up the fact that you know a lot about runes and about how you'll have that in common and then about oh, how no. you both like chess a lot and then potentially make a private chess game you know what I mean between the two of you.
3: Oh no she she studies illusion magic I, I don't not think she's interested in runes.
0: Yeah but she's probably more interested in you than in runes. The story the point of the story is we use runes to talk to her to let her know that you want to hang out and maybe play some chess, if you know what I mean.
5: I think that maybe she's uh, interested in your was.
0: I do not think so.
3: <laughs> I think you're mistaken. Hop up. Uh, Puff Puff, do you need a walk? You look like you need a walk. Yes, do you need a walk? <laughs> oh, let's go for a walk. So Puff Puff, uh,
1: as soon as you, she's just kind of been sitting there and her eyes have been doing that uh, tennis match thing, just bouncing between whoever's been talking. And as soon as Glass starts talking to her, tail starts going and uh, knocking into the legs of chairs and, and your own calves. And uh, when you offer to take her out, she just sort of gets up, walks over to you and and kind of woof, and noses her uh, her hand, her nose under your hand.
5: <clears throat> oh, that's a good girl. Thank
1: you. He whispers to her.
5: <laughs> she's doing the thing now where, she... if you say walk, the dog is just so excited and won't stop yep. whining until she's kind of like walk.
1: just kind of yeah. She's kind of prancing a little bit, and when you thank her, she actually nods just a little bit at you. Yeah, and then you the... yeah you you take her out.
0: <laughs> and I lean into lean into Rowan. He'll take her. He'll take her by the library. You know that. He'll take her by the college.
5: I can. Are folks allowed in the library? Uh, no, I mean you just she, uh, scroll
0: by. He make eyeballs. You know, you know how you do. She like elbows I, I, Rowan. I, I, <laughs>
5: uh, I know what you mean. I guess uh, he may be able to say that she, she is his um. Assistance dog?
0: Mm. Mm, maybe. <laughs> M- maybe. Speaking of assistance, still... I assume. was
3: going to say, I assume familiars are loud in the library, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so. But that is not where he's going because he's just trying to escape from <laughs> these two women who are trying to make him go talk to someone that he's very nervous about.
0: We just want you to be happy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> are you feeling the other ruin?
5: What is best for you? Uh, I'm feeling a bit a bit better uh, I was planning on on seeing what the future may hold for this this meeting of gangs
0: Do you need some polite to... space?
5: no 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 I'm not I'm I mean not the dancing there can be
0: pretty distracting but you know that's just me
5: I mean it I find it rather charming honestly nice she's a she's a very good bear I am simply concerned about this meeting and also just everything. You understand?
0: Also, mean, I am running out of ale, but other than that, I mean, a fight fight if we need to have one, it's not a big deal. We'll handle it, you know? She pats her on the back.
5: There have been lots of things on my mind, but at least with this gold we'll be able to pay the tithe whenever we go and pick up our ship. Because remember, that's still there. Oh,
0: I'm sure it's a cruel and a great dog fee. I maybe will at least.
2: I
1: think you guys paid ahead a, a decent bit, so so I think yeah. you're okay for now.
0: Not sure how long we yeah. thought we'd be here, but we'll figure it out when we get there. I'm sure. Yeah,
5: that's Oof. Fine. They'll take point, your am, I'm starting to wonder whether we will go home.
0: <laughs> I do miss it, you know, the rolling green, the great crisp snow smell. It's great. But, you Was know, we'll get there ail- and what happens. The,
5: the infinite ale of, of Zobek. I'm sure you don't miss that. You you want. I mean, I do, have, I do have glass
0: did. I do have glasses. Like, bucket mug. It's pretty great. They don't have anything <laughs> like that back at home, you know? Super great! Do you need to do your uh, your reading now, or do you want to wait? I'd like to go get a little I... bit of armor upgrade, but just in case.
5: Well, I I can do it now. You can you can go to get your armor done if you wish. I just got I'm some sure things and
0: things to knock out. That's about it. Yeah. Alright. Okay. Are you, are you sure? You sure you don't want me to oversee your? Runes and things of stuff because I don't know anything oh. about it, but I'd be glad to help.
5: Uh, you've you've do so much for me already. I don't want to have to bring you into more things. And uh, well, you're a young lass, well, relatively young for a dwarf. You're <laughs> <Thanks>. young. <laughs> i keep you it have fit enough you know? ahead of you. I'm <laughs> sure that you can. I'm sure you can leave an old woman to her foolishness for an hour.
0: Do you want me to leave Baldwin with you? In case you need me, you can just send Baldwin back.
5: I believe that's that might be a good
0: idea. Sure, all right. She'll tap on her shield. Come on, Baldwin. Yep. Hang out with Rowan for a bit.
1: Right. When you uh, you invoke his name and touch the shield, he shimmers, stretches, and peels himself off of the shield uh, The shield boss and uh, spreads his wings and flies over to Rowan and starts, like, preening her feathers.
0: Alright, I'm gonna get some uh, upgrades. I don't know where to go. I'll just ask the innkeeper. So I'll, I'll find on my way back. It's yeah. Okay,
5: we, we are birds of a feather, aren't we, Baldwin? Yes, you're a very good bird. I think maybe, or, perhaps. Uh, um, I'm not sure if Gaz told you anywhere, but uh, if you manage to catch up to him, he might be able to tell you where to get some good armor. Or not. Actually, I might, go, that
0: much. I might go visit those gnomes again that we met the first day. Maybe get a little trim on the beard before going in. I think it'd be nice. Maybe get it
5: maybe get rebraided.
0: Yeah, they had like, those nice fancy oils and things. They were really lovely. Uh,
1: as far as armor goes, you might recall that uh, Riodan has a gorgeous suit of obviously dwarven um plate armor. And uh, you did see a maker's mark on it. And he mentioned this that there was a smith that they know and are friendly with that made it.
0: Okay, sure. I'm sure she won't mind roaming around randomly eating meat from market off the street before she sure. realizes that, and then goes to find Riordan.
1: <laughs> sure. So you can uh, you can track down Riordan. Uh, he's in the Silk Scabbard. He's probably he's probably down in the Cartways um, Shrine, which you know how to get to. Uh, you've you guys have been. Uh, Adventuring with, with Rio Dan and the others enough that uh, the staff of the Silk Scabbard know that you probably have business when you go into the back. And, you know, the, the back hallway of the Silk Scabbard is just sort of, it's like a, it's like a motel hallway, just full of doors. And those are all the, the rooms. And so uh, at this time of night, you can hear some activity happening in a few of those rooms. You hear music coming from one of them. Sounds like somebody's playing a violin. You hear uh, some uh, some laughter coming from another, uh, as well as all wonderful sundry sounds that you would expect to hear in a house of pleasure. So you just sort of walk your way on through uh, toward the back uh, the back door entrance into the cartways. Uh, you make your way down and you see that Rioden and Danielle are uh, kind of seated on one of the stone benches, not like snuggled up to each other, but th- there's like this, um, there's a gap between them that at the se- that seems kind of awkward. Mixed with uh, this sort of respectful distance, but it's still kind of intimate. Their their dis- it's it's a little bit sort of it's a little bit of a mm, moment when you see their their body language and their positioning, uh, and they're talking quietly with each other. And when you kind of make your your presence known or you clank your way in, whether you wanted to make your presence known or not, uh, they sort of pause and, and look over. And Ryoden gives you a nod. Ah, Tilly.
0: Hey, I can't hear you very much over all the music and stuff. Do you mind if I take a seat with you?
1: No, not at all. Not at all. That's oh,
0: fine. Here. Oh, geez. Anyways, uh, and she'll sit on the
1: bench.
0: <laughs> she'll sit on the bench next to them essentially trying to squish them in a bit closer together.
1: Okay. But, yeah. <laughs> so uh, as you do that they kind of adjust a little uh, and you, know, you settle in. So, what is it I can do for you?
0: I don't want to take too, too much of your time, but uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but this has gotten a little bit raggedy tear, you know, a little dents and things, but I, I don't know how much it's going to hold up further. I did notice that you had a beautifully forged set of armor that you said was the dwarven forged, but I didn't know if you knew where it came from or if you could give me that information.
1: Oh, well, of course, darling. Uh, absolutely, I know where it came from. It came from a wonderful smith. Uh, her name is Paula, I believe. Paula Everforge, and she has uh, a smithy in the Gear District. And I know she also has a stall where she sells her armor in the Market District as well. You could probably find her there before sundown. She'll probably be packing up soon, unless I've lost track of time.
0: Until you I own all right, and she'll pat him on the back, exceeding to get out quickly just in case she misses her. Probably takes a pinch of whatever food they have on the table and chunks it. With barks, steal it. <laughs> all right,
1: That's he just sort of waves over his shoulder. Yes, yes, very good. And then they kind of go back to talking as you, you make your way out. So, uh, armed with that knowledge, you can head uh, south. Uh, along the streets toward the main market square. Um, it's not too far from the Silk Scabbard, so at a, at a decent pace, you can probably get there before most of the merchants are done closing up. You can see that they're definitely headed that way. The sun is sinking down toward the buildings in the west, and uh, most of the merchants are... You know, packing their wares up, covering, uh, covering things, uh, gathering things into crates to uh, take them back to where they store them for the night and, and locking their little stalls and, and show counters up. Uh, you spend some time picking your way through, um, trying not to get distracted by the, uh, the food carts that are, that are trying to sell off the last of their bits for dinner uh, as some of the hungry merchants are, uh, are finding themselves free of customers, finally. Uh, and you make your way over to a sturdy wooden counter that is just covered with various pieces of steel and iron armor. Uh, you see there is a dwarf woman there. She has sort of auburn hair pulled back into what's almost like a French braid. It's, it's pulled very tight, and uh, her hair is all braided tightly together to keep it out of her face, and um, most likely to make sure that it stays out of her work while she's working with hot metal and swinging tools around a forge. Um, She does not have a beard. She has sort of um, swarthy, uh, tan skin. She has uh, powerful arms. Clearly she's been a smith, you know, however long she's been alive. Uh, And she is currently packing up her wares into various crates and uh, settling those crates onto a cart.
0: Right, well, Tilly will pretty hastily notice she's packing up, approach her her table and I, uh, excuse me, are you, are you Paula, the uh, city here?
1: So she, uh, she stops and turns around and kind of sweeps her, uh, her gaze sort of up and down over you and says, in her voice is kind of very deep and resonant. And she says, yes, I'm, I'm Paula Everforge.
2: Uh, with her how can look I help up you?
0: and down, Tilly stands a little bit taller. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have come by recommendation for your work. I, I did notice a, a beautiful set of armor that I believe you made, um, and I am in great need of a bit of repairs or maybe some upgrades uh, to my set before mm, so, soon enough, I'll say, maybe a couple couple hours a day or so.
1: So uh, she smiles a little bit when you mention that you saw her work and that, uh, that sent you seeking her out, and she nods and she says, uh, well... It looks like your kit has seen quite a bit of use over the years, and some of it pretty recent, unless I uh, unless I miss my guess. Uh, just out of curiosity, who sent you to me?
0: Mm, well, I just can I, I have to preface up front a little bit of a disclaimer that, you know, he hasn't been in the best states as of late, but he's a great character.
1: She, she breaks into a grin and says, ah, Riordan."
0: I... He's a, he's a friend, but, you know, he's a friend, I think, to everybody.
1: She uh she chuckles a little bit and nods and says, well, any friend to Rioden, Glaz, and all the rest is a friend of mine. Uh, uh, so what is it you're looking at great, having great done? One. I'm sorry. Uh, what's your name?
0: Oh, uh, my name's Tilly. Tilly, it's nice to Tilly. meet
1: you. It's nice to meet you. Mm-hmm. She holds out her hand and uh, and shakes yours if you take it. and She has a hell of a grip, but you can tell it's one where she's, like, Deliberately not doing the the bone crusher handshake that she probably could. Um,
0: Tilly like definitely remembers a strong grip. She's like, oh yeah, great, yeah. great. Yeah. She's like strong, strong, <laughs> strong hands, great. Uh, mm-hmm. But you can't you can't beat dwarven Fords around here. I didn't see any other stands for dwarven Forged up and down the market, but I'm, I'm glad. Well, I'm glad you, right you'll see there, a few.
1: <laughs> she uh, she just kind of she just kind of picks up that thread and runs with it. She's like, oh, you'll see a few. Not too many of the stalls here in the market. Most of them stick to their forges in the uh, in the Gear or Temple District. Um, the uh, the Temple of Voland, in particular, that's where you'll find most of the Cantonal Smiths who come down to Zobek. But uh, what is it that I can help you with? Are you looking for repairs? Or are you looking for replacements?
0: Uh, I mean, frankly, I. Most importantly, I've got a shield that needs probably a little bit of repairs here and there. I use it quite, quite a bit if you're able to handle that. But other than that, the lining under my pauldrons and various pieces are is very... It's worn thin over the travel and time. It'd be nice to so replace she, the
1: padding. Uh, as, as you start to talk about him, she comes over and she just kind of like reaches into the collar of your armor, pulls the, mm-hmm. the breastplate over a little bit, wrenches the, the pauldron up and starts taking a look and just sort of nods and mm hmm as you're describing things. She uh, I, she I lets I, it down I, and I... kind of like claps you on the <laughs> shoulder with this clang and she says, alright, I, I think we can probably take care of you, no problem. Um... She looks around and says, tell you what, uh, why don't you come with me back to my forge and I can get most of that figured out pretty quickly tonight. If you need any metal work, I'll have to keep the pieces. Um, but uh, she says, for you, I can make it a priority.
0: Well, oh, thank you. I didn't, I didn't. mean, I didn't know I made that much of an impression, but I got a good handshake, so I know that goes a long way where I'm from. So...
1: She uh she she chuckles a little bit and says, "Well, make yourself useful, toss some of these up on the cart and we'll uh we'll get you taken care of."
0: And of course, Tilly does it with absolutely sure. no problem, very little grace, but exponentially so tossing things sure. just on the back of the cart.
1: Yep, so in short order you and Paula get her stuff loaded up onto the cart, uh and she then hires a uh She basically hires uh, one of the the sort of porters in the area to hook up a mule to the cart and basically rents the mule to to pull this thing uh, up to the gear district. So it takes a a, you have to kind of go across town to get to her forge. uh, And in the gear district, uh, there are mostly things like. you know the the gear grinders and uh this is this is where a lot of the clockworking is, is is handled in zobek there aren't too many smithies here but uh as she said it looks like there are a fair few dwarves who set up shop up here um she leads you to her place which is a sort of low two story but the second story is very kind of squat uh stone building with a, a slate out in front that that Marks it as the Everforge Smith, and uh, and she so she takes you inside, uh, parks the cart uh, in in around the back, and then says, "All right, off with the armor, then."
0: All right, and I'm so she, uh, she
1: comes over and uh, and assists since it's really difficult to uh, manage your own plate armor. So she starts helping how, with the straps and buckles and the like.
0: How 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 did you know uh, Ria? did you? Is it a, a... A good a good bind of friendship, or was it one of those ones that we came across uh, that took a minute to latch on?
1: She kind of she she gives this sort of wry grin and says, Well, he uh he found me in the marketplace looking to buy some uh looking to buy some armor. I uh gave him the benefit of the doubt, but I think I was right in my initial assessment that he didn't have nearly enough coin to afford what he'd what he'd ordered, uh, but the cocky little bastard went for it anyway, and so I, I decided to hear him out and see how he tried to pay for it uh, before he came to pick it up. I, um, well, I was attacked and and kidnapped by uh, by cobalts. Uh, these were I servants of a dragon, uh, and they they took me to. Uh, one of my family's ancestral holdings that we'd abandoned generations ago. Uh, and actually, Ryodan and his friends slew the dragon and saved my life, if you can believe that.
0: I mean, his friends are great. I can't believe that. I mean, I, I believe that they would stick out for you, but, you know, getting a little rough on the edges. What? This is a, a dragon and kobolds and you're eight. A- mm-hmm. No wonder your friendship's got close ties with him. Have you talked to him in a little while? Have you seen him lately? He's definitely. You know,
1: I, I haven't seen much of him in the last few months. Uh, I know that he, they were involved in some unpleasantness, and there was. A, well, they lost a friend. So, uh, as I understand it, that hit him pretty hard as a friend who was a little bit more like family to Rio Den.
0: I. That's what I heard. And as she's, like, pulling breastplate off, she's, like, making sure her beard's still in order and stuff like that.
1: As you pull the pieces off, she kind of takes them over to the workbench and starts laying them out and kind of inspecting them.
0: You never know. I mean, I tried to talk to him when I first met him and tell him that at least his friend fought bravely as far as I understand and stuff, but it really tore into him. I don't know if you've seen him since, but as you mentioned, you probably haven't. He went through a hard spot, so... You probably you probably should say hey to him again if you if you see him, or just come by sometime. I know he's still at the Silk Scabbard, but I don't know if you go by there often.
1: She uh, she smiles and she says, "I haven't, but uh, I think you're right. I suppose I ought to. Uh, I owe him that much, at least."
0: I mean, and, uh, you never know. His friends are great. He and I are friends now, so we'd always love seeing you around. So she uh,
1: uh, she I says, "His friends are great. A little strange." Um, I've done some work for Glaz. He's an interesting one.
0: Mm, Glaz. He's, um... <laughs> I'm working on that guy. I, I'm working on <laughs> well, him. I know what
1: I mean. depending on what you're trying to do, you might have your work cut out for him. I've also done some work He's for top. Cloak. That uh, that mask of his, that was my work. And, you, yeah, the, the dragon scale with the bare teeth, yeah.
0: It's beautifully crafted.
1: Thank you. I'm, I'm rather proud of it. Uh, so she starts looking through your armor and uh, she can repa- replace a lot of the, if you have worn fittings or whatever, she can replace a lot of that basically as you guys are talking. Um, if you want to have things like dents worked out of it, she's going to have to keep those and uh, she takes a look at them and she glances up at you and she says, if you can let me keep these pieces overnight, I can have them ready for you in the morning um, or whatever timeline works for you. I don't suppose you'll need your armor tonight. And she kind of. <laughs>
0: mm. And uh, Dan can you correct me on how much time we have for and what time of day it is uh, for tonight.
1: At this point, you've probably got about four hours left.
0: Mm, well, I, you'll have to forgive me. I'm not from around here, so it's hard for me to give up my positions overnight. But what I can do is come back and see you fast and early in the morning if you if you if you're available.
1: She uh, she purses her lips and nods and says, "All right." Uh, first thing tomorrow, then.
0: Sure, that'd be great. And then right, Tilly pulls out,
1: and I'll be waiting.
0: Until you pull out a platinum piece, just for like a thanks to be like. Okay.
1: She just uh, to reserve
0: she, my spot for tomorrow to make sure that it'll go and get fastened.
1: She grabs that and says, "Well, that's probably a little much, but all right, we'll hang on to it for now and see how it goes." And she kind of okay. tucks it into a into a pouch at her belt and says, "Well, then, uh, see you first thing in the morning."
0: I you will you want me to bring you anything? I have to make a long walk all the way over here. I can pick up something on the way.
1: I mean, if you want to bring some breakfast, I certainly wouldn't say no.
0: No problem. I love breakfast. All right. And she, like, happily starts to trudge out the door. Thank you! Thank you very much. It's nice to meet you. I'll tell Raiden. You send your wishes, your best luck and wishes and stuff.
1: Please do. See you tomorrow, Tilly.
0: All right. Tilly's just like a blush as we leave. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right. Okay, so uh, Glass, did you have anything specific you want to do, or you, were you just doing a, a, a turn around the block to, to buy yourself some I was time? Doing, <laughs> mainly doing
3: a turn around the block, um, as far as um, I think, uh, yeah, his plan right now, I mean, because yeah. I was just, I was looking at something, and I think it's it's something we'll need to discuss later. Of whether I had a chance to research it during our other downtime, um, but uh, yeah, no, he's basically just out and about, and finally when he's sort of away from the pressure of uh, Tilly and Rowan, he just is sort of, um, <clears throat> you know, he, he I think he sort of walks down uh, by because uh, we are over at the docks, correct? So he probably does walk down through the collegium district. He's probably at this point kind of avoiding the library because that's just, he doesn't want to face that. But you know, if, if there's any little you know stop shops that he, he frequents or goes to, or some of his friends, he might even hop into the hedgehog real quick just to uh, chat with the folks in there, see what people are up to. He's basically kind of killing time. Okay. Um, uh, he, um, Yo, he's so, one of those yeah. he he like
1: goes it's, to these stores and asks for help just for someone to talk to <laughs> <laughs> oh sure no problem all right so you can do the do the loop on your your uh, your bookshops you can stop in the hedgehog talk to the proprietor a couple of people you know from the college there no problem uh, if there was something you wanted to discuss about research that's possible you guys had a lot of time doing a lot of research so if there was something specific you wanted to think about uh, you can you can run that by me if you like, or we can do it later. However you want to do. Um, I want to know if page 151 in the, in the creature codex is an
3: option for me. I'll send you, I'll send you a Twitter curiouser Hmm. with the books I've been studying. If that is an option. Ah. Uh... Hmm. As everyone else starts digging through to see what it yeah, is,
2: yeah,
3: yeah. what is
1: it? Do you mean Tome of Beasts? By the way, um, we'll talk it later. We don't. It's not necessary okay. for right now. Actually, yeah, okay. I might.
3: I, oh, I've given you the wrong thing. Also, because of yeah, because I'm probably you're working off a hard copy and I'm working yeah. off a PDF. So, yeah,
1: got it. All right. Um, that. But anyway, yeah is probably not within your reach at the moment. That's that's okay. pretty serious. Pretty serious juju. Okay. Uh, okay, so you can just kill some time and uh, head. you're going to head back to the Silk Scabbard when it's closer to meeting time? Yes. Right. Then I believe the only other thing we had outstanding, unless somebody's come up with something else, is Rowan, you wanted to cast the runes, right?
5: Yes. She wants to go okay. to see... And maybe even yes. more than that, to try and get some deeper insight into how this meeting is going to go and what they should be concerned about.
1: Yeah, so what exactly are you casting for?
5: As in, what am I casting, or what am I, yeah, what what's, am I what's looking
1: the subject? for? Yeah, what's the subject of your casting? You know, like Basically, what question are you asking?
5: Is there unforeseen danger? Going to appear at the meeting tonight.
1: Um okay. Why don't you go ahead and give me a wisdom check? You cast the bones. Okay.
5: Uh, wisdom anything else or just stray wisdom?
1: I think it's I think it's just a wisdom check, yeah.
5: Okay, let's hopefully see how this works. Well, not bad. Ooh,
1: pretty good. Alright. So you cast the bones, you, uh, you hold them in your hands, you go through your, uh, your preparatory, you know, I say rituals, I mostly just mean your, essentially your habit as you go through and prepare yourself. Um, you run through a few silent prayers to Wotan that he might lend you his sight. Uh, and you hold the bones in your claws, rolling them over your palms, feeling the uh, feeling the knuckle bones and their carved runes sort of clack together, uh, and then you cast them out onto the plate set on the table with a sort of tinny clatter. And you look down at the pewter plate, and you watch the the bones sort of scatter and spin and come to a stop, and you see... Uh, you see crossings of of various things. You see blood in the dark that breeds resentment. And you can see that one wound heals while another is opened. And you see tyranny unending, poised to strike.
5: She's just going to relay all of this to Baldwin since he is a, since she doesn't have anyone else to talk to right now. He's there. All right. Well, I think that's... What do you think, Baldwin? Do you think that this this Tyranny in the Dark would be the Blood Kingdom?
1: He kind of tilts his head, looks down at the bones, reaches down and picks one of them up, tilts his head the other way, looks at you, and then kind of tosses it back to the other ones, and it clatter, bangs back. And he looks at it, looks at you again, and then just sort of...
5: ah. (laughs) <laughs> I know, I know you're a very clever bird but I don't, I don't think that you're quite as good a conversational partner as, uh, as the others you're very cute though which, which rune did he toss?
1: what rune did he toss? that is a lovely question he tossed why haven't you marked the page of runes, Dan? I don't know, Dan. Uh, he tossed... He tossed... Perto. Things are not as they seem, the god Loki.
5: Oh. Well, maybe you know a a little bit more than you let on, little bird. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna cast Ascending to Glaz.
1: Ooh, all right.
5: Yeah, I might have to forget figure out how many words. So can you just tell me what the reading was again?
1: Sure. Uh, blood in the dark breeds resentment. One wound heals, another opens. Tyranny unending, poised to strike.
5: Okay. So what is she's going to say?
1: That's 16 words, by the way
5: she'll she'll say augury said then those 16 words and then she has Mm -hmm. a few left make preparations for meeting be ready for danger unseen
3: um glads uh receives it and uh of course gets a little concerned um unfortunately there's not a whole lot more he can do today. So um he just sort of braces himself for and sends back, I will I will do my best, I will do what I can. Um we will I think we will just have to see how it goes. Um, okay. I'm
5: sending this to Glass since also I think that he would be the best. Best chance of telling Cloak and maybe Tilly if they run into each other. He's the adult here.
3: Yeah, I'd say basically the only thing that Glaz does on that note, knowing that it lasts eight hours, he'll go ahead and uh, cast uh, mage armor on himself so it's up and he doesn't forget later. And I'll mark it off.
5: Okay me think of what else I might do. So Rowan's still sort of sitting on her beds with all all the ruins around her and with Baldwin there with her. Yep. She... Only Tilly can can use Baldwin for sending, can't she?
1: Yes. Now you could ask him to deliver a message and he can probably just do it.
5: We can have some bird-to-bird talk.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, she's going to send Baldwin to her... To, um, to Tilly and just tell him... Well... Little one, I think you need to go tell your mistress that... To bring as much protection and weapons as she can for tonight. Because I believe that we... And perhaps... The proprietors of the scabbard are in danger.
1: Okay. So Primark as you worst. yep, as you say that, he looks at you. He nods, spreads his wings, and flies off toward the silk scabbard to find Tilly.
5: And she's just going to take take the runes in her hands, and she's sort of just fiddling with them. Oh, I'm tired, Wotan. I'm so tired this task you have set me is far more than I expected am I not your chosen can you not give me more answers what are we meant to do here we found the scion but what's what is this what is his purpose I don't understand
1: the Silence—that is your only answer—in the room is deafening.
5: Yeah. And she's just going to sigh and probably gather her runes up and start making her way towards the scabbard, because she needs to go and tell Kaja about this.
2: Okay.
1: All right. So uh, yeah, you guys can reconvene at the Silk Scabbard as you're done with your things. Cloak, One. what you got? Um, did
4: I ever get that, uh, high quality barding from, uh, Paula? Yes. Yes, indeed you did. Okay. Okay. I just want to make sure cause I, I didn't know, uh, cause I didn't remember if we did anything about that or not. So, uh, I just wanted to double check that real quick. Okay. Yep. That's all I got. Yeah.
1: So essentially puff puff has plus one barding.
4: Yeah. Yes. And it's a level one fighter. Oh, adorable puppy. (laughs) Yep. All
1: right. Yeah, so uh, what's the rest of Cloak's day like in the wake of his uh, obligation?
4: Um, So by the time I get done with it, I imagine it's like four hours left? I don't know. I don't know how much time we... Okay. Um... We're kind of jumping around,
1: so everybody's kind of just doing their stuff around about the same time.
4: He would go uh, take the book from uh, that he got from the book fetish uh, and bring it back.
1: Okay, return it. Yeah. Uh, did you read the whole thing or just kind of done with it? Done with it. Uh, after today,
4: he's just like it. It, uh, it all came washing back, and uh, sure. he's just
1: no. Okay, so uh, when you go to the book fetish, it is closed, because it's still fairly early. Um, mm-hmm. And you recall uh, Layla at one point mentioning that they open at sunset. So you can hang around for a little while, wait, or just kill some time, then come back after dark when the, when the book fetish opens. Uh, either way, you go in, and Layla is not the one behind the counter. Uh oh! It, b- before
4: that, uh, can I track down Puff Puff? Oh yeah, sure. Okay, uh, and I would go get Puff Puff. Yep, no problem. And have have her comfort me,
3: and then oh, um, wait, wait, wait. So Glass has Puff Puff.
1: Okay, so hold collect- on.
3: <laughs> yes.
4: So yeah, I would show up, well, wherever you're at. I don't know where you're at right now.
3: Well, I, that's what I'm saying. If you're tracking down Puff Puff, I mean, are you? Uh, that's right. I'm thinking you're a ranger. You're not a ranger, so it's not like you can just be like, "Hey, there's my beast." So, he, but yes, if he you, is. you track down, if I am a ranger. I mean,
1: I'm sorry, so my new my
4: new favorite terrain. But is, you're not a beast.
3: Uh, I'm sorry.
1: That's right. He's, he's not a beast master, but he does have primeval awareness, and Puff Puff is a fey creature, so he and he oh, has. Okay, yeah, his favorite enemy, Fey, and uh, and yeah, so he could probably and, track her uh, down pretty.
4: Uh, and favorite terrain, urban.
3: Yeah, so it it's wasn't going to be... so much about what you decided. it was just that. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. class where have you been?
6: <laughs> you oh, you left behind.
3: Uh, I... You've been up to something. You've been in, you've done something dangerous
6: i i was trying you to find out more about i i it wasn't anything dangerous i just need to you know uh not be seen because of uh the, trying to find out where these vampires are or like if there was any news about them so i was uh in the uh lower zone and the ashmills area uh seeing if there was any uh mumblings about that
3: uh, i want an insight check
1: <laughs> deception <laughs> yep yeah, i know make it a charisma deception check. Uh oh. <laughs> uh his answer, Glaz, is just a little too quick and sounds a little bit rehearsed. What have you been doing? I believe that
6: okay. the, uh, I, I was I was at the book fetish. I was gonna go talk to Layla, but I didn't I, I wasn't supposed to talk about it.
3: He's gonna can I back to guy insight again? Sure.
6: <laughs>
1: Yep. Yeah. If you're still I'll, feeling I'll,
6: suspicious, go ahead.
4: I'll I'll deception my way out of the fucking Christ.
1: <laughs> what? I okay. Like that That's,
2: uh, I that looks like give a
1: Give us give us the roll, Glass. What do we have for your insight check?
2: Oh, there it is. Fucking oh,
1: 12, Twelve. Twelve deceptions. <laughs> hang, hangs right? out with Glass too much. Yet. Yeah. Uh, so he like. You, like his eyes behind his mask start to like blink rapidly as he's talking, and he keeps like looking anywhere else. <laughs> he just and he like shuffles his feet a little nervously. Yeah,
3: I just don't want you to go off and get yourself killed. There are dangerous things right now happening in Zobac. Someone could stuff you in a corner, and we wouldn't find you. Did you see this? We had four people who had been down at the underneath of the leatherworks, and it took us a week yeah. to find them.
6: Yeah, I, I know. i i I wasn't doing. Uh, um, I wasn't picking fights with anyone. I, I was.
3: I was being cautious. I take him and spin him around a couple times to see if there's any wounds <laughs> on him. <laughs>
1: All right, so you, like, start patting him down. Uh, Cloak, how do you feel about that, getting manhandled a little bit? Uh,
4: I'm sure Glass has done this before to him. Uh, Because, like, this is, like, if anyone else did it, he'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? But, like, it's Glass, and so he he understands that uh, he probably can read Cloak a lot better than uh, a lot of other people. And so as you pat him down, he just lets you do it. Uh, Mm -hmm. at this point, and that there's just no wounds, nothing on him. Uh, Doesn't seem to be anything missing.
3: Okay. So, well, I just... I just don't want any more of our friends to have something happen to them, or we just got the real Dan back. And I'd worry. i just worry, okay? And when you go off without Puff Puff, I know that you're usually doing something dangerous.
6: But, uh, it's, it's, it's okay. Like I was just, uh, it's okay. Uh, it's nothing was dangerous.
3: Okay, then. Do you need anything? Do I need anything?
5: Oh, you it just... Like intervention.
3: You <laughs> just seem... It, you seem a bit off. I Usually you lie much better to me.
6: I mean, it's just, there's a lot to take in recently. I mean, like vampires, right? And so I've been thinking about them a lot. Uh, and just kind of their their habits. And so, I don't know, maybe it's throwing me off a little bit that like, there's things out there that just would uh, use blood uh, as a power source, you know.
3: It you were down there in that cellar by yourself, it can't not have It must have been at least creepy. There they were all crawling down there.
6: On the ceiling, and I almost
3: exploded. Well, that is, yes, that is. I could see how that would make you a little bit uneasy.
6: <laughs> yeah, and Papa versus me, and I felt really bad because she got hurt really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, you did find lots lots of gold. I
3: feel kind of guilty about it, though.
6: No, it's evil. It's bad people's money that we're going to use for good purposes. So, one thing I was going to mention about that is uh, maybe we should buy that tanner.
3: Do you think so? Well, we probably should talk to Jonelle first to see what his plans
6: are. Well, the the quick question is: Is like, are, are we, uh, are we just gonna stay in town? I mean, well, that's another here a question.
3: While. I don't know where this could possibly lead. I mean, it, very easily we could be off to the Blood Kingdoms before we know it.
6: here? It's for a Um I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, that, that's what that's what we need. I think after this whole gun intervention that we're going to do. Uh, we, we really need to figure out what we're going to do. Because we've been here a while, and so are we going to stay at Miss Kettlewhistle's house forever, or are we going to get our own place and, you know, set up shop here? Oh,
3: Miss Kettlewhistle makes breakfast.
6: <laughs> she does. We can go visit her for breakfast. But, I mean, like...
3: But, I think that's part of you... the room and board thing, though, right? I mean, she likes us very much, but if she has other renters, then they will be having breakfast with her.
6: That's very true. Are you not willing to share your breakfast with other people?
3: Oh no, I'm just saying that it will get very crowded if we car, if we all show up as well. I just think well, Mrs. Kettle is very nice and she takes care of us.
6: Yes, but uh, like over time, you have to think about it as in, do we want something more permanent or do we want something that you know at a hatch when we can just leave behind? Well, I mean
3: Zolbeck is nice at all, but you know. There's really only one really big ley line here. I eventually want to go find the others. There are lots and hundreds of ley lines. I mean, I, I have a little bit more exploring. And then, you know, I would, wouldn't would mind going back up to Bimia. I could be, need to visit my mother at some point. And then there's the whole Western waste that we don't know what's going on with all the craziness that happened up at Castle Black before. That's not what his yeah. name was. <laughs> <Christ>. The Black Negus. <laughs> Crack so, crack before I
6: mean, the, the only thing I want to do uh and I you might want to go do this is uh I was talking to uh uh Paula and uh going back to the everstone Forge and uh uh enchanting my blood
3: oh well that could certainly be, that's something we do I we can bring the heart to flame with us and I I mm-hmm. I'm sure that takes quite some time, though. All of my knowledge of enchantments is—it's not like a go, wang, bang, and you're done. It is going to be a long process.
6: Yeah, she, she sounded confident about it. So oh, I, uh, I
3: I I think her skill is there. I'm just saying that it is not a let's go let's go on a little weekend trip. Take a kegger uh, up there, you know. We can get Tilly but, to come and guard if we take a keg, of course.
6: That's very true. Well, yeah, I mean you have three gallons of Ailida, so I think she's gonna be pretty following you anywhere. Have you seen her drink?
3: A gallon like that was gone, right? I mean we haven't even been gone an hour. I bet the I bet the entire thing is empty by now. <laughs> she can drink me under the table. I, I I weigh twice as much as she, maybe three times.
6: Well we'll bring we'll bring a cart and put a keg on it. Uh keg the pretty much.
3: Yes. We'll just take a wagon up. But anyway, we, we digress. What I was saying, though, I mean, don't you want to adventure some more? Or are you ready to settle down?
6: Well, I mean, that that's my question. I'm, I'm willing to go adventure, but we've just been here a while, you know? Like, are we settling down? That's my question.
3: I mean, like I said, well, Rowan and Tilly, I mean, they're from the north, and they came all the way down just to get... Uh, to come down here and to find the sky on and to fill a prophecy. I mean, for all we know, I mean, you know, Odin might just be like, hey, bring him back up north and then we'll have to go north or to the Blood Kingdom or maybe we have to go south to the Southlands and to the Dragon Empire. Who knows? Or or that this is where they need to be. Could or be. Nurse. I mean, it's it sort that's... of where Morena looks around, where Morena is <laughs> currently. <laughs> currently. <laughs>
6: You know, we, we just call her um, Ruddy. Ruddy <laughs> is that a good one? We'll call her Ruddy. That's for Ruddy. I will
3: forget that. You know, I'll forget that. Without uh,
6: what's, what's the, the red the, for... la- the lady
3: the red lady the I don't know. We'll the red ley line. the red ley line? no yeah. because there is no red line. People will think I'm not a very good geomancer yeah, if I'm, I'm calling ley lines by the wrong names.
6: Look, no, no. It's, I have a reputation a simple, I'm trying to build here. No, it's just between you and I when we're talking in public, you say the red ley line. I know what you're talking about. It's not real, I know that. But we don't see it. Would, I wouldn't I not say like, hey, go talk
3: about it.
6: But don't 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 talk about the red ley line to other people. <laughs> That'd just be weird. Cause they would call you out and be like, What's the red ley line? And then you know, well, I know I then I'd have to tell them it's
1: Loretta. Whoops! <laughs> I look around quickly. Like, uh, looks like you're more or less off on your own at the moment. Okay, <laughs> I figure we're walking. You know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, uh, so oh, quite, I got
3: the message. I got, yeah, the message. I got the message from Rowan. Huh? Okay. She, she did it. She did one of her throwing the bones things. Okay, and um, it 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 was kind of ominous.
6: I mean, we've been dealing with ominous since this you know whole thing. Well, started, but this was so... supposed to be
3: a peaceful gathering, so I'm, I'm, it's concerning that what we have arranged, we are going to make something bad happen.
6: Well, I mean, you're bringing two rival gangs into one area,
3: uh, and but they said they were going to be on their best behavior. Of course, they'll be true to their word. Okay, you
6: don't, half that gang is like half, you know, has infernal blood into them, and you know, infernal things aren't the nicest. Well, they're not oh, geez, the worst folks, either. So
5: racist, <laughs> racial stereotyping.
3: So uh, here's uh, this is a question, just of the. Glasses. actually I should say, would there be information or even rumor legend stories about Neheim in the Zobek library? It's possible. Can I roll a something to see if I found something? Because he would have had a reason to look into it.
1: Let me roll a something, damn it.
3: Uh, all right. I mean it would just be a history of whether I found our investigation while I was in there over our
1: the times, um, or I'm going to call it an intelligence investigation check, and this will be to basically see if you have run across anything and if you manage to make it. Like, what sort of connections are you looking for right now? Are you well, looking for he, it,
3: stuff it, out he might have been I up would, to, or it would be one of those? No, it's not. I'm not. I, I'm not going that far, but it's going to be along the lines of. Cloak has a very interesting cloak. I yep. think that uh glass being glass probably when like we moved in together and stuff just probably was going to try to uh do like you know you know he was going to do like a housewarming gift for them but he was like well I don't know what what he might want as a gnome so let me go find out maybe I can find out something about him you know sure. kind of researching that probably would have come across heims, but i mean it would be more along the lines of just having a little bit of that oh i mean you know the next comment would be some you, you know your people you know, have some dealings with the infernal, but I and I know it might not be very sure,
2: safe. Go, uh,
1: go ahead and make an intelligence investigation check. Let's see how, uh, how well you might have put any of that together. 15. Oh, 15. All right. Um, Cloak, have you ever spoken infernal around these people? Do they know you can speak infernal? No. Yes. At the Cloven no. Hoof, you did. Didn't you? Oh, June? that's right. Did you I thought talk
4: I heard to him
3: secretly, though? Ooh, I, I can't. I, I can't recall. I just I remember you didn't speak it.
4: I, I've been, I'm very. I'm very secretive about the infernal because as soon as like the infernal being carved on people, I sure glass would have been like ah uh, like. But he's he's been very secretive about the whole like. I need to make
1: blood sacrifices to you know sure. appease people. Okay, so with a fifteen glass, you definitely don't know anything about the whole devil pact. Um, right, you do know that um, so you pr- you probably know like like basic kind of information with Niemheim that they have a few different uh, they're essentially nine different settlements or cities within the wormwood, okay. uh, and they're pretty insular and cagey uh, for whatever reason now they're open to outsiders coming in and trading, but they have very little um in the way of travelers or merchants that travel out. You occasionally see them, like Cloak, although he's a little bit of an oddball, um, but they're pretty rare. Uh, yeah. You would know that magically, Niemheim is known to produce some potent spellcasters, and they tend to have uh, great facility with both illusion and conjuration magic. Gotcha. So it is possible, being, uh, being adept students of conjuration, that they would understand... Uh, the conjuring of extraplanar beings. Gotcha.
3: So, I mean, in North trap, I mean, as far as adventuring, I mean, like I said, I might want to go back to Bimia. Do you not want to go back to Neheim at some point? I wouldn't mind learning more about uh, some of the magics that they are very known for there. Conjuration, no, evolution.
6: Sure there's, there's a lot of cooler places. There's something there.
3: Oh, okay. I mean I wrote, nope. you should take me to Bimia. Oh, you would love Bimia. There are so many libraries and so many books, uh, you would Tell not believe them. it. Oh, there, just, are... As there are so many rules in Bemia, he'd love it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, that's, let me tell you all the different things that you have to do. So it would be its a little bit tricky, but I think that you would eventually learn it. You would catch on. So at 8.04 every morning, you will hear this bell, and he just goes on through, like, the minute-by-minute minute things that you have to do. Um, he will actually trip upon and He goes, oh, uh, and you can learn more about the Vril and Vril artifacts. Speak, you know. Now, that is maybe something a good I could do with the evil gold that we have. And just then just goes back into talking all about Bimia and rules and stuff.
4: And he's like, mm-hmm.
3: Okay, that's, a,
1: uh, that's, that's so, how you
4: distract someone, uh, a researcher yeah. from a, any subject. You ask him about their research, and ask they will go off
1: for yeah. So he bends <laughs> your ear talking about the. Now, I don't know if you've ever looked into Bimia uh, cloak, but it sounds like their laws are convoluted heavily magically and arcane influenced, uh, and they change season by season, uh, constellation by constellation, depending on what's day by day sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and so apparently they have a bunch of laws that are governed by these magical rules that shift all the damn time. And it can be freaky little minutiae, like you can't drink any potions of healing on these particular days of the month. Uh, you know that that kind of stuff. It's very bizarre. So he just goes on and on and on and on and on. Uh, you eventually all make your way back to the Silk Scabbard, and uh, you have maybe a little bit of time before you're expecting the uh, the various delegations to show up at this point. So you guys can reconvene. Uh, Tilly, you have your armor. Um, the the soft repairs on it that you needed done are done. Um, the 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 actual dents and any hardware replacements are going to have to wait until.
0: Uh, I- I, I imagine Baldwin would have caught up with me at some point yeah. between then and now. What do you have Absolutely. any idea what specifically his message would have said?
1: Oh right. Uh, so what is it that you told him to to tell Tilly uh, Moff? Marf-
5: basically, basically to make uh, make sure that you have armor and uh, weapons for tonight. Uh, there's danger, and we have to be prepared for unforeseen circumstances.
1: Okay. Uh, ooh, I think me. Tilly uh, coming so, down
0: more high of like meeting this really lovely other dwarf. It's like oh, I'm always prepared. <laughs> all right, let's go.
1: Ching ching. Yep. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So uh, so Rowan's voice comes echoing out of Baldwin's silver beak, and uh, and yeah, you're you're all set. So yeah, you guys show up. Um, it looks like. Uh, Tyron, the well-dressed owner of the Soak Scabbard, is present when you all get there, and he's chatting with uh, Dijon behind the bar. Uh, there's a pretty decent crowd. It looks like there are some fights on the docket, and uh, you can see bookies moving around taking bets and, uh, and prepping things for the, for the fights in the pits. Uh, where's
5: Kaja?
1: Kaja, uh, you'll see her moving around here and there. Uh, she's kind of keeping an eye on her uh, on her children, as she refers to them. Uh, that being the um, the pleasure workers and companions uh, employed by the Silk Scabbard. Uh, you see her chatting with the um, with the dwarf male, uh, whose name is escaping me at the moment. Feldro, I believe it is. Yeah, Feldro. She's chatting with Feldro at the moment. Uh
0: yep. Kasha, is the place like really, really crowded? Can I ask that really quick, or is it? Kinda... I'd
1: say it's not really crowded. Uh, I would say okay. moderately crowded. Uh, but you know that if a fight is kicking up, it's probably going to get much more crowded. Okay, cool. Uh,
5: Kasha, I have some things which we may need to discuss.
2: Uh, of course,
1: Rowan. What's on your mind?
5: Uh, for let's go somewhere uh, into one of the booths or somewhere a little bit more uh, quiet, perhaps.
1: Certainly, not a problem. So she leads you over to uh, to one of the booths that are not currently occupied and, and settles into it with you and just kind of looks expectantly across the table.
5: And I'll, I'll get Tilly to come over as well. Okay. Yeah, just so cool. that she can hear it all. But. I'll, I'll let her bring ale or something.
0: Oh, she's already got
5: it. She
0: didn't get okay. permission. <laughs>
5: it, 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 it's 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 like like when it's like when you have to bring bring a kid along to along to a dinner function or something, and you just you need give him like an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm. There are a few things which might need to come to your attention. Uh, for the one, I, I believe I'm not sure if it was already conferred to you, but we have found uh, Janiel.
1: She, uh, she smiles and says, oh, oh yes, no, I'm I'm well aware. Uh, that was... Oh, well, it was nothing short of a miracle.
5: Well, we are trying to keep him safe at the moment, but I believe that the... He was in the clutches of the one who has been attacking everybody the one who has been responsible for all these deaths also tonight with this meeting i think that you should make sure that you have protection
1: uh sure. her brow furrows um i've a little
5: of the of the bodyguards of, of the bodyguard well, so it's not 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 the protection that you normally have in your line of work I'm sure uh, <laughs> we, I have gotten hortens from from Watan that lead me to believe that something will go awry and that's perhaps agents of the blood kingdom will be in waiting.
1: Alright, uh so she she nods and she says, Well, I, I, I certainly hope that's not the case, but uh Atsen is working tonight. I'll make sure that I stay close to him and that um that everyone knows what to do in the case of trouble. Um, do you have any idea where this trouble might come from, or just have to be on our guard?
5: Well, from what I believe it will be from physical or metaphorical shadows, and also that it is something from something or someone that we may not expect, which of course makes it so much easier, does it not?
1: (laughs) She says, well, uh, I'll do my best, and I trust that you'll all have your eyes open just in case.
0: Tilly, oh, like half of a burp out. Yeah, I got you covered. Don't you worry. Get my eye on you.
1: Well, that puts so me
0: high up on a kite at her speaking to Paula. I'm a great time. i got an eye out for you. Great fights. Great booking. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. Um, anything else you wanted to convey to Kaja or ask her, or does that cover it?
0: I saw uh, Riyudan around here earlier with Janelle. Uh, have they stuck around, or do you know where they were uh, left
1: it? They have been around. Uh, I think they're back down in the sanctum for right now.
0: All right, thanks.
1: Yep, no problem. And she uh, she sort of smiles at you and says, if there's nothing else, I should probably get back to uh, making sure business runs smoothly.
5: Aye, and... You need not worry, I will we will do our best to make sure that it is all runs smoothly, but I would say to try and make sure that you have someone you fully trust with you, since they seem to be targeting those who have been associating or close to our dear Ryodan.
1: All right, that that I will do. But, uh, be careful, both of you. And she oh, kind it, of smiles. It will take
5: more than... It will take more, uh, more than some scheming to kill me.
1: Let's hope. I hope. All right. So she uh, smiles and turns and takes her leave and heads back uh, about her business. But you'll notice that she does seem to... Uh, stay in sight of Otzen by the front door, and also Drajan behind the bar. So it looks like she's sticking close to people that she knows or, well, you know, the people that she knows best that can handle themselves if trouble breaks out.
5: Yeah. what Tilly? Hi. You're a bit rosy-cheeked.
0: Oh, I had a couple ales, you know. I don't, you know. Oh,
5: no, 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 I, no I know no. I know what's okay,
0: okay, line. okay, okay. Look, 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 look. All I got to say is she has a firm handshake and beautiful auburn hair. Oh.
5: I'll see you tomorrow. Is she? Oh. She? Uh, is
0: she? Uh, of the dwarven persuasion, or she... <laughs> You know, you know, I, you know, yeah, I. I have you made any bets on this fight? It's pretty, pretty stacked up. You know. <laughs>
5: Well, I think you better
0: put some money in.
5: I might be putting some money in on, on how quickly you bet her, but
0: I don't know about that, but we'll see. I don't know, I gotta get some work done. Uh, let's go find Ryadan. And she like sits up really quickly and like drags Rowan out of the
5: seat to go find Ray Alright. I think that we should we should leave Leo Dan to his business. He is with Janiel, but if we can find uh, Glaz and our pesky little cloak then we might be able to commence preparation for this meeting
2: Alright,
1: Glaz and Cloak uh, it's a good time to jump over to you guys what's what's your disposition a couple hours before go time? Uh, I don't know <laughs> Um, yeah like what 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 are you guys doing are you just kind of hanging around why getting some uh, dinner um, <laughs> okay sure and, yeah uh, just uh, uh, good. yeah probably
3: uh, I don't know we uh he's probably until uh, until uh cloak shuts him up uh we'll just keep talking about um about the wonders of
1: bimia and vril things and he's not uh, he's
3: not stopped him
1: <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> Just and, him do it. Uh,
1: so look uh look do you know what Vril is when he's talking when when uh, when Tal talks about no, that do you know what that I is don't care, I don't I don't know what that okay. is Okay it's this wonderful sorry <laughs> So he goes on just this expansive tirade telling you about these relics and artifacts that were recovered from the ruins of a lost civilization that sank into the sea called Uncashel. and uh mm-hmm there is a town not too far from Bemia uh, called Casadega where these master artisans have learned how these ancashelian relics work. And as they find new sites and uncover these things, they manage to get functioning pieces. So you might find a dozen or, or more actual relics and then that'll give you enough fragments to kind of cobble together one functional one. Uh, and they are wondrous things that do strange, uh, there, there are weapons that harness lightning, uh, that can fire like, uh, metal projectiles without any sort of bowstring or anything like that. Uh, but you need these strange batteries that he, uh, he, he says, he tells you about these strange glass canisters, uh, filled with orichalcum and copper discs and a strange briny alchemical solution that creates the power that runs these things. And here's the kicker. It's not magic. So no one really understands fully how it works, and no one has been able to successfully recreate any of these. The best they can do is find enough functioning pieces to, to basically kitbash a functioning relic together. Uh, and they can do all kinds of wondrous stuff uh, with this strange energy. Uh, and he just sort of goes on and on and on. There are weapons, there are devices, so there are strange armor, there, there are stories of these flying carriages that the Anchishelians would ride through the sky, uh, all kinds of craziness. But uh, Anchishel itself apparently sank into the western ocean, and uh, that was the pretty much end and decline of their civilization. But they have found uh, various ruins that are closer to the ocean surface that they've plundered, uh, as well as what are apparently Anchishelian outposts scattered throughout the western wastes uh, that uh, that people that, that explorers have plundered. So So that's what he's going on and on about, about Vril.
3: In the summer semester, I was able to go over and work on one of the archaeological sites. It was fascinating. It was the most incredible summer of my life.
6: So you're saying I could have a lightning sword?
3: I've not heard of a lightning sword. It is more like a wand, but it isn't the wand. I heard lightning sword. So, gonna go there, get a (laughs) lightning sword. I mean, where should go? But I think you're misunderstanding. It is not an actual sword that is made of lightning. It is it shoots lightning like a wand. And I'd be like,
6: Here, take my lightning sword. And I shock people as I slash them.
3: Yeah, let's right. go. T- Tilly and Rowan, you uh, <laughs> it went back and forth, I'm sure, for quite some time. Tilly and days. Rowan, you wander
1: yeah. into the great lightning sword debate. <laughs> Tilly just goes
5: the you... Did you go talk to it? If you... Did you go? And if you built the sword around the wand, you could have a lightning sword.
6: Lightning sword. So, we get a lightning sword, I go, vroom, 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 and intimidate everyone. And they're like, oh
5: my god, look how
6: powerful Cloak is. And I'd be like, yeah. You're, lightning sword.
5: You're, you're an incredibly intimidating tiny thing, yes. You're
3: you, 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 still are not understanding that that is not it is not the lightning sword. And as soon as Tilly says something about whether I went and talked to her, it's just, oh, can you get my friend here another beer? <laughs>
2: nice.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, dogs do the trick, right? Puff, puff, you take her over. You know, and you talk to her. She'd be like, oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful creature you have there, and then
5: she'll pet it, and then right. talk about the creature, you know.
6: Oh, that's yes, a, that's you, a thing. You
2: really,
5: you really should be listening to Tilly because she is very good at picking up ladies. Shh.
6: Mm. But did she pick so, up loudly? I'm
0: going to go check on the baton. Well. <laughs> All
3: right. Last so, special not note of that, of that. How that <laughs> just went down. Yep. Files that away in his mind
1: for later. An uncomfortable exchange bounces back and forth. Uh, and as, as time goes on, uh, midnight approaches. The place gets raucous as the, the gambling around the tables, uh, the betting on the fights, the sound of heavy blows, striking muscle and bone down in the sand pits uh, kind of fills the air. You know that there is basically most of the top floor at this point, with the balcony overlooking the uh, the fight pits and the main tables. Most of the top floor is being reserved for this meeting that's going to happen. So, where are you wanting to set yourselves up? Are you going to be up there? Are you going to be just sort of mingling down in the crowd? I would be. We're we not player. having to broker this, are we? We we just no, not at all. You guys, you guys kind of arranged for this to happen, and it's up to you how involved you want to get.
0: Did you say there was some like upper seating that has like a view of down there? Because I think there you know, is we had indeed a space further back where we could talk, but also where Tilly could see the fights and stuff. I think that would.
1: Yes, you can go up on the second floor, and there are a few larger round tables that are usually used for card games and the like. Uh, There's also a secondary bar up there, as well as a few extra rooms, and there's a balcony, and it overlooks both of the fight pits and the main tables. Uh, Are you guys guys,
0: okay grabbing a seat up there where we can hear each other? It's a little loud down here, but I won't be able to see.
1: I'm sorry,
3: did I misunderstand? I thought you were saying that the upstairs had been reserved for the meeting.
1: Most of it, yeah. But I mean, you okay. guys can get it. But there's up there. some
3: other spots up there, too. Okay.
1: Yeah. I, I
3: would sit at the meeting.
5: Okay. I would Wait. Like Are, you want to
3: get mixed to up meeting. in this cloak? I'm already mixed up in them. But we've, I, we've, like, would... we've removed ourselves. They did us a favor. We found out about the thing. Then they've had their meeting, and we don't need to have any more last... dealings with
5: it. is there honor among thieves?
3: No, that's why we don't want to be a <laughs> exactly. part of this.
5: No, that's why we need someone to keep them honest and someone to stop them from but we don't starting have an all out. G- it- but you realize they could start a gangland war in the middle of a silk scabbard if they do not have someone responsible or some people who are responsible and able to help broker some peace. And also, I do not want to be responsible for bringing them here and having them all killed off by some agents of the blood kingdom or some other forces from the dark did you not get my message something is going to go wrong and we need to stop it
3: but does it mean it's going to go wrong right now or or soon I, I don't know, know. okay so I was just, thinking, oh
5: like, you see that punch he just threw that's crazy oh, I am yeah. about to throw some punches as well <laughs> Wotan works in very mysterious ways and I cannot always decipher what he means, but I need to do my best job to make sure that I stop any sort of fuckery from happening.
1: Alright, so as you guys are are discussing whatever's gonna gonna go down here this evening, uh, you have a pretty decent view from up on the rail, uh, particularly you, Tilly, as the front door opens, and a few familiar figures come in. You recognize a couple of people who are wearing the uh, basically the standard leather armor of those low-ranking black shield mercenary schlubs. Uh, You see a couple of them come in. Tilly will immediately uh, elbow
0: Rowan so she knows.
1: Okay, uh, so there's a, uh, a human woman with the short black, uh, short cropped black hair. You guys have seen her before a couple of times. She was the one who uh, passed you the note about the uh, the location uh, that that the the black shields had managed to suss out for you. Uh, this they come is in through guard, right? Yes. Uh, you remember you her name? Her name her is, or, no, I think. Uh, and no, you know don't what? You- I know her name. You guys, you guys haven't found yeah, her. I don't yet. think we've ever gotten uh, her name, but yeah, you've always- never gotten her name. Right. So, uh, there's her and a, uh, a male dwarf. Uh, the dwarf is wearing, he's actually not wearing leather armor. He's wearing half plate. And he's got the um, the device of the Black Shields that kind of that you know, that shield symbol they have uh, is embossed on the on the breastplate of his armor, uh, and it's sort of lacquered in black. Uh, his skin is this very rich dark brown, and his hair is braided uh, into a kind of a tight ponytail of of many smaller braids. Uh, his beard and mustache are actually kept fairly short, um, and he has a. He has a, um, a, a battle axe sort of hanging at his hip, but um, as you guys watch, you can see there's a strange, uh, like a gem inset into the side of the blade, and it has this strange effect. He, he kind of has his hand on it every now and then, and it's almost like there's a trailer kind of flowing in the air. The axe sort of leaves this smeared image of itself as he walks. There's something strange about it. So they come in and they kind of mingle around in the crowd, but you can see their eyes are sort of searching around and casing the joint. Uh, After they do a turn around the the fight area and everybody downstairs, they head over toward the bar. They chat with Drajan, who then points them over toward one of the booths. That booth has been kept private except for one individual sitting in there. The sumptuous fur overcoat and hat and meticulously manicured beard and uh, mustache and goatee of Tyron, the owner of the silk scabbard. They go over, they they sort of offer him these these short little bows. There's a quick exchange of words and uh, and he sort of gives them a little bit of a dismissive wave. They nod again and uh, one of them, the woman starts coming up the stairs. The dwarf goes back out the front door. So uh, a few moments later, you see the uh, the tall human woman just sort of uh, stride up onto the onto the balcony level. She sweeps the whole place with her gaze, spots you guys, gives you a familiar nod, and heads back toward uh, the table. It's going to kind of take her past your, where you guys are sitting. y'all So the, the dwarf who went outside... Mm-hmm. Um,
4: uh, who's who's up here with me?
6: Everybody. You guys, I think. Okay. Um, I'd be like, I'll keep an eye out and make sure nothing bad happens up here. I'm going to go look at something. And then uh, I'll take Puff Puff.
4: Um, okay. And then uh, go out and uh, kind of go out and start casing around to make sure uh, that dwarf isn't going to try to jump the the cloven nine
1: people as they approach. Okay, so you're just going to kind of peek out and see what the deal is. Yeah. All right. So you uh, you sort of nod to the bouncer who who opens the door, lets you out. You go and uh, you step out into the uh, into the nighted streets. Take a quick scan around, and you see the dwarf not too far away. There is a carriage. Uh, and he is sort of like, he's got his foot up on the step and is leaning into the open door of the carriage. And it looks mm-hmm. like he's just finishing up a conversation nods and steps back. And uh, you can see the um, combination broad and, and thickly muscled and also very well fed form of Vandessian Thrick step down out of the, out of the carriage his, uh mm-hmm. his thick black hair and beard, um, it looks like he's kind of stepped his wardrobe up a notch. He's wearing uh, breastplate armor. It mm-hmm. looks like it's been freshly polished. Uh, and he has a black silk cape kind of fastened at the shoulders with uh, the emblem of the black shields kind of running down the the lining of one side. And it kind of hangs over uh, his left arm more than the right. It's a little bit uh, off center and has this very... Um, a strangely rakish quality to it that you haven't seen in, from him before, and he heads out of the carriage and starts coming up toward the toward the bar. Uh,
4: I don't I don't want to make my presence known. I just want to keep a, an eye out and make sure he gets into sure. the bar safely. Yep. Uh, and then wait out uh, longer
1: uh, to yep, see no problem. when the covid nine come up. So you you just kind of melt back into the to the shadows around the corner. Uh, they head into the bar with no problem. Uh, A few minutes later, which is probably going to put it at about 10 minutes until midnight, uh, you can Mm -hmm. see a a group of people approaching from the north. Uh, There is sort of in the middle of this cluster of people, you see that um, flowing long sort of wavy locks the uh, the perfect skin, the, the white, pearly teeth that, in that million gold smile that he's flashing to people. That's the individual you guys met at the Broken Seal and uh, cut a deal with to have some divination done, if you remember. His name was Valus. Okay. Uh, and he claimed to speak for the leadership of the Cloven Nine. He is uh, flanked by... You can see two tieflings immediately on either side of him. One you recognize as the blue skinned one with sort of the ridge of horns, uh, the woman, the the female tiefling that you chatted with briefly at the bar. Uh, Mm -hmm. The other one is uh, is a male with this like chalky bone white skin and uh, dark red eyes. Okay. Uh, There are a couple of other people uh, around them as well. Uh, You see a few tieflings and uh, what look like uh, probably humans of Kareev Wanderer stock from the Ruthenian Plain. Uh, Thick, Mm -hmm. long mustaches, um, horsehide, and uh, leather and fur garments. And they make their way straight up to the bar and head in. Okay. Okay. Uh, I follow in after them. Sure. Uh, they they pull sort of a similar deal as the uh, the black shields did, just with a little bit less of the solid military precision and more with this casual air of they're just checking the place out. And then so clearly, you know, everybody goes in at once. The leader doesn't wait outside for his minions to clear it and all that stuff. And they just end up sort of migrating up the stairs. And you guys up on the second floor can see this group sort of tromping their way up. Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, Rowan's probably going to follow them into where they're
1: meeting Okay, uh, um, so, so the fun. meeting yeah. is actually happening in the open but kind of in the back corner uh, the, uh, the group as they come up the, the beautiful human man who's kind of leading their whole deal, Val- uh, Valus, and the two tieflings that were kind of his left and right hand, he chats briefly with them They head toward the table and the rest of the people with him turn around and head back downstairs. Um, As you guys are watching, you can see that there are a couple other low-ranking Black Shields that have come in and kind of stationed themselves at various points down on the first floor as well. There's a couple watching a fight. Looks like there's a few playing some cards. Um, Looks like each of the gangs have about four people not uh, associated with the meeting downstairs, just kind of around, close at hand. Um, I would look at Tilly at this point and be like,
6: uh, I would keep an eye on them to make sure they don't start a fight.
0: I, I was going to let you guys take a seat back. I don't mind. I was watching the fight anyways.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, as they, as these uh, these gang members get kind of settle themselves back towards the table. You can see that the round table in the corner is set up with six chairs and there are three black shields and three cloven nine who are settling themselves down uh, around the table. Uh, I would go up to that table. Okay. So, uh, Vandessian Thrick kind of stands there. up as the, uh, as the Cloven Nine approach and he comes around the table and he actually extends his hands to Valus. Uh, Valus takes his hand and they shake and, uh, and Thrick, um, he smiles, but there's, uh, there's kind of a hard iron edge to it, uh, to his demeanor. And you can see that it's like, it's a business smile and mm-hmm. he's putting on a nice welcoming face but you immediately kind of get the vibe that he is there to take no shit and to get some things done. Uh, and his voice kind of booms out across the, uh, the second floor. And he says, it's good to finally meet you in person. I received your message and uh, I appreciated it very much. Thank you for coming. I'd like to put all of this behind us as quickly as possible. Why don't we sit? I can introduce everyone to everyone and we can get underway. And so they Everybody all kind of settle in.
5: Rowan's going to just cast a, a glance over the uh, proceedings and cast a uh, detect magic. And she's sort of not making this... She's not hiding this. She's always making a show of it.
1: Okay, so uh, as you go to cast a spell, all three of the cloven nine and the dwarf in half plate all just kind of watch you very closely. Um, You can see the dwarf's hand moves to that axe again, and he tilts his head, but he relaxes. Uh, He's the first to relax. Valus uh, looks pretty uncomfortable with you beginning to cast a spell, and the other two sort of look to him for a cue on what to do, and he just sort of shakes his head and they all just kind of sit and let you do your thing. So you cast Detect Magic. Um, You can detect immediately an Aura of Illusion, swathing Valus, uh, as well as Abjuration. Uh, And there is Abjuration Magic on each of the other Tieflings as well. Uh, There is Abjuration Cloaking the Dwarf. uh, And the gem attached to his axe is radiating magic as well. Not the axe itself, but the little red, the, the, it looks like a sort of a cabochon, a, a smooth oval-shaped ruby that's set into it.
5: I believe that we should drop any pretenses that we have brought to this meeting and be truthful with each other. That is the best way that we shall proceed.
1: Valus smiles, and he says, Oh, don't worry. Everything going on here has already been prearranged. And he looks over to Thrick and kind of and Thrick says, Yes, indeed. There are reasons for certain precautions to be taken, and I can respect that. I've had my people vet and assure me that there is uh, nothing untoward happening here, and I uh, assume that you and yours have done as well. And uh, Valus just sort of smiles slyly at that; doesn't really say anything one way or the other.
5: So
1: not even grounds.
3: Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, Glaz, just, if, what? If, if Rowan continues to press. Gladys will place his hand on her shoulder and sort of give it a squeeze nope. because he has a little bit more information on one of the things that's happening around the table.
1: Okay, uh, no problem. Uh, it looks like uh, she's not going to press. In fact, and and one, she seems quite satisfied with that explanation and kind of lets them do their thing. Uh, cloak, you're, you said you sidled up to the table as well. Yeah. Are you just kind of, like, standing there hovering, like, peeking up over the, over the table? Or? Yeah,
4: I'm hovering. I'm just, like, uh, listening.
1: Okay. Uh, so, uh, Thrick kind of leans back, and uh, he says, well, as you know, I am Vandessian Thrick, captain and leader of the Black Shields Mercenary Company. These are my lieutenants. Kai, he gestures to the woman at his left, and Zephyr, and he gestures to the dwarf at his right. And uh, Valus inclines his head and he says, "Well, you know me as Valus. This is Nemaya And uh, the blue tiefling smiles, this kind of sharp, pointed uh, grin, and, and nods. And uh, and this is uh, Lenners. And uh, Lenners kind of touches his forehead and makes a gesture of greeting to the uh, to the others, and he says, "Well." Some unpleasantness has been brewing between our, our two little groups for some time now. Perhaps we could, uh, we could get it out in the open, what exactly is going on there. Uh, I'll be honest, when some of your people started rattling their sabers and threatening mine, I was shocked, and we didn't take it too kindly. I was hoping we could all just let it blow over, but uh, it doesn't seem like that's the case. And, and Thrick says, Indeed not. Well... As near as I can tell, there was an incident in the cartways. One of my people, Prender, was killed in an altercation with uh, an unknown individual. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to learn very much from the others who were present, as they, sadly, were killed on assignment not too long after. And uh, and Valen sort of purses his lips and makes a sort of awe face. And, uh, and so they kind of begin going back and forth, tracking down, you know, w- what were the issues, uh, incidents that popped up between them. And, and that kind of goes on for a while. Everybody seems calm, if wary. And uh, it looks like nobody is interested in starting a fight here. Uh, you get the feeling that they're all very much sincerely interested in figuring out what the hell happened and heading it off at the pass before it becomes something that all of them are going to regret. Uh, it looks like they have enough going on on each side of the table that they really don't want any sort of turf war, uh, because quite frankly, none of them know how that's going to shake out. They're both powerful groups, and, uh, and it could go real bad for anybody, and particularly for people caught in the crossfire. Uh, and so is there any interjecting that you guys want to do, or are you just content to kind of let this play out and listen and, and watch? Uh, if it's being civil, I'm not going to interject. I'm just listening. It's being maybe surprisingly civil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... They get down to the heart of the matter, and the reason that some of the Black Shields began harassing the Cloven Nine was because apparently the individual who was killed had infernal script carved into his forehead. And, uh... And, uh, and that causes the three representatives of the Cloven Nine to frown deeply. And they actually look at each other. And uh, they don't really say anything, but there's this look of concern that sort of passes between them. And, uh, and, and Thrick finishes that explanation, and he says, It was a not terribly difficult, but annoying matter to have this script translated. And I have brought it here for your perusal. Perhaps you can tell me if I was correct or not. And he slides a, a parchment out of his, uh, out of his cape and, and slides it across the table, which um, Valus uh, scoops up, cracks the seal on it, and takes a look. And uh, he says, uh stay away. Seems accurate, if that's what was indeed carved on your man's forehead. And first, let me state for all present, that we had absolutely nothing to do with that. And if I find out that any of our people did have something to do with that, I will be the first to bring them to you for whatever punishment you see fit. And, uh, and, and Thrick kind of purses his lips and, and nods at that. And he says...
5: Where, hmm?
1: where and they all kind of stop and fell. look at you. Uh, Kai uh, pipes up and she says he's found in the cartways Mm, not terribly far from the black market Cloak why don't you go ahead and make me a charisma deception check please I would love to fucking
5: excuse me
1: (laughs) alright not
4: being very deceitful today (laughs) apparently not no
1: okay
0: I mean, sacrificing a guy might distract you a little bit for a little while.
1: Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, he's got a lot on his mind. <laughs> so, uh, so Rowan, um, Cloak kind of coughs a little bit uncomfortably. Maybe his throat's dry when uh, when there's talk of the Cartway's black market. Um, seems maybe significant, but you don't really have any background to know what the deal is, is there.
5: He, is he under the table?
1: Or? No, he's like is right he up not. next to it. He's oh, right. He's kind okay. of like... He's like I'm kind of the like
2: hovering in the, the background
1: tree. as they talk and just listening. As he does, uh, the two tieflings with um, with Valus just constantly watch him, sort of moving around. He's kind of making them uncomfortable. Uh, and so, yeah, she says, "Do, uh, yeah, do she I notice that I'm body... making
4: them uncomfortable?"
2: Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They're not really. I, would, I, would, I like, don't want to make him
4: feel uncomfortable. I would uh, kind of like not I wouldn't I would stop moving and just kind of stay in
1: one sure. area. Sure, no problem. Uh, that seems to make them a little less nervous when you're than when you're like drifting around the table, kind of going behind people, that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. At a few points during the negotiations, you can see that Tyron sort of comes up to uh, make a kind of a a pretense of going to the secondary bar, talking to the bartender up there, chatting, seeing what's going on. But you're pretty sure he's occasionally checking in on what's going on up here, keeping an eye on things. And he turns and heads back down and doesn't get involved or or interrupt anyone. Everything seems copacetic enough that he's not going to mess with it. Um, And so they start talking about who and what that Infernal script could possibly mean. Um, And it very quickly uh, comes to light that they're really not getting anywhere. Um, Infernal is rare uh, outside of people who deal with the Eleven Hells and, uh, and its study. But this is Zobek and you get people from all over here. I mean, hell, you occasionally have representatives from the Master of Demon Mountain who come all the way up here and, and he, uh, his people would very much be able to speak infernal, uh, as well as abyssal. So there could be any number of people, uh, as well as, uh, some of the diabolism that is known to, to lurk in the crevices in Zobek itself. And we'll try and gloss over the fact that most of that seems to point to the cloven nine, uh, but, for the moment, it seems like they're all kind of on the same page that the Cloven Knight, in fact, did not do this and are willing to help figure out who did. And if it was one of their people, they'll defer judgment to Thrick uh, and whatever, he, whatever punishment he deems fit uh, for the murderer who, who did that. Um, yeah, Rome, I, can at least,
5: I can at least confirm that Thrick it was not responsible for the loss of one of your members we have discovered the source of that one the uh, disappearance
1: you're referring to Acta, says Valus aye right we'd heard about some uh, unpleasantness regarding that and uh, strange there were Knights of the undying sun poking around the cemetery where she was interred Odd that. It's actually got some sunlight sickness or something. Hmm. Interesting. Um. Right. So, so they kind of go on and they start talking about territories and uh, places that they're they where they have interests in people, and they basically start uh, delineating turf markers to make sure that they don't step on each other's toes. Uh, and so it sounds like things are just sort of ticking along real nicely. Uh, every now and then, you can see one, uh, one or two of the the people who uh, uh, the the kind of the low-ranking members of the organizations that were down on the first floor. They'll kind of drift over toward the stairs and kind of come up and peek around, but they really don't encroach into the uh, into the area at all. They don't even really fully come up onto the second floor. They're keeping their asses down on the first floor and it's sort of like yeah okay you got guys here we got guys here everybody's got guys here let's all just play nice and that's kind of why those those folks are there um as things go on i would like you guys to go ahead and make uh wisdom insight checks do i get the bonus uh uh
4: double
3: uh no not for this okay all right hey glass is on fire with insight today Okay, it's nice. not my
1: day. <laughs> yeah, not so much, huh? Uh, let see. Tilly. Oh, nice. Dirty 20. So we got a 17 to 16, a whopping Gentleman's 5 for, for Cloak, and uh, a, a dirty 20 for Tilly. Okay. So you guys are kind of keeping an eye out on all of the goings on, and uh, as, as the, the negotiations proceed and you're really starting to feel relieved that this seems to be going in a comfortable, peaceful, happy direction where there's not going to be something awful happening between these tiefling warlocks and, uh, and these battle-hardened mercenaries. Um, one of the uh, Black Shields, from downstairs, comes up with a little bit of a quick step, not really agitated or upset, looks maybe a little excited, has kind of a kind of a half smile on his face. He comes over and he's got, uh, at first glance you'd say he's human, but he has very delicate features, and you can see just a slight point to his ears, and it occurs to you that, no, he's not human, he's elf-marked. So he has the, the, the touch of the elves uh, in his family line somewhere. Uh, and he... He comes up and he like plops his hand down on on Thrick's shoulder, and that strikes you as extremely odd. It seems very familiar, um, not very respectful uh, that you would expect like a soldier to their commander. And uh, and he says, "Hey, hey, boss, how's how's things going? Everything good?" And uh, and and Thrick kind of blinks, taken aback by that a little bit, and says. Barris, everything's fine. Get back downstairs where you belong. What are you doing up here? You know better than this. And uh you can see a flush. You can see a flush creeping into uh Thrick's cheeks as this is as this is happening. And Barris, apparently as this uh, as this uh young man is, is called, just sort of laughs. <laughs> no, it's, it, everything's fine, boss. Everything's good, everything's great actually. I just, you know, I wanted to come up and check and, and make sure that everything here was Exactly where it needs to be. And I when he I says that well, Rowan, you go up to you go up to push him away. And as he's speaking, there's this glazed look in his eyes that everybody but Cloak catches and, and it immediately alerts you. There's a hitch in his voice, there's a look to him. Something is wrong. He's speaking with this almost mechanical sort of clip to his tone. Uh like He's giving this thing that he's rehearsed by rote over and over and over again. There's no real feeling behind it. The laugh is fake and forced. But his demeanor is very weird. It seems like, uh, yeah, you not knowing him, you don't really have a good comparison for it. So, Rowan, you go up and, and try to shove him away. Yes. Is that, uh, is that your plan? All right. Well, so you I'm, get up I'm and gonna, you I'm kind gonna, of... I'm
5: come up and touch him.
1: Okay. Um, so you you touch s- him, separate them. and even through his armor, like on his shoulder, he's just wearing leather armor. So you kind of touch the 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 clothing underneath it and his skin. He is burning to the touch, like like feverish, and a fever of this uh, of this magnitude. You're surprised he's walking, um, but he's not sweating. He doesn't show any other signs of uh, of any sort of sickness. It's just. Uh, it, it's it's very odd, and it, it gives you this cold pit in your stomach, and you kind of try and pull him away.
5: Yeah, I'm just Glass. trying to insert myself between them.
1: Oh, okay, you're getting in the way. All right, cool. we also... You got? Oh,
5: oh, after you, Glass.
3: Um, Glass. it's funny, because I was just... Uh, he was thinking about that axe, and he was wondering what... Golly, I wonder what that Jim does. What, wonder what this gym was. And when he sees this person acting so strangely and, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, having heard his warning, so it was, it was almost on his lips anyway. Um, I'm gonna do a, an actual, oh, wait, it's one minute. Never mind. I thought it was one action. I'm Never mind. Going, ah, uh-huh. no, I don't. Okay.
5: So, what I'm going to do is I'm gonna channel divinity and read his thoughts.
1: Ooh, all right. Uh, So how does that work? It's been a while since I looked at it.
5: Well, uh, as an action, choose one creature that you can see within 60 feet. They must make a wisdom saving throw. Uh, And if it fails, I can read its surface thoughts. Uh, So those foremost in its mind, reflecting its current emotions, and what it is actively thinking about.
1: Okay, but if it passes its saving throw, uh, then nothing?
5: Then it, then it fails, yeah.
1: Okay, uh, what's your save, DC?
5: 14.
1: Ah, uh, un- Unfortunately, um, so you reach out to his mind, and there's something strange about it. You don't manage to penetrate into his thoughts, but there's this weird, you get for a second, just the barest flash of this echo. It's almost like there's a second voice overlaid over his but it's you can't really get anything from it, and then it's gone. And uh, and, and your your uh, ability your attempt to slide into his thoughts just sort of breaks like oil on water. Uh, Simply you got
0: something. Uh, I feel like Tilly, having keeping an eye on everybody downstairs, would have mm-hmm. noticed him come up, and maybe potentially oh, yeah. walking. And assuming he was drunk, potentially mm-hmm. with his awkward walking, having not like touched him or heard his conversation, but also seeing sure. Rowan potentially. Touch him and get close, which she wouldn't. I think till he'd come mm-hmm. over, and she's gonna put her arm around his neck and be like, "Do you have too many love? You need to step away. What's everything's all right?" She's gonna like okay, the so, drunkard bar buddy.
1: All right. So as as you are kind of converging on him, Rowan's pulling him away, kind of staring into his uh, into his soul. Uh, you come up and kind of get on the other side to try and pull him away. He starts to laugh, and there's nothing mirthful. Uh, or jovial about it. It's the kind of insane cackle that makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck, and he throws his head back and starts to laugh harder and harder, and you can see red veins creeping up the sides of the pale flesh of his neck. He throws his head back, and his body splits in half.
5: Tilly, With a spray
1: of boiling, cooking blood, and a burst of sulfurous stinking fire that whirls out in a vortex from his body as Barris is destroyed. You're uh, hurled back by the force of the explosion. Tilly and Rowan, I need you guys to make strength-saving throws. Oh, great. (laughs) Oh, poor Rowan. Oh, boy, let me just see if there's anything I can do
5: about this. Probably not.
1: Uh... Ooh, that's a good one. Okay, I'm... Tilly's got a 23. Tilly ain't going nowhere. No. just She's short and
0: planted. Yep.
1: (laughs) All right. Uh, Rowan, uh, I would like you to please make me a dexterity saving throw. Tilly plants her feet and kind of hunkers down against the blast that she sees coming as the body starts to distend and this wave of force and cooked blood and charred bone fragments just sort of washes over you and you can hear it clinking off of her armor. And she scoots back maybe an inch or so from the force and grunts as her shoulder bruises from the impact. Rowan, you are essentially picked up and bodily hurled end over end back towards the balcony blasted through the air by this explosion. You lash out with your talons and you manage to scrape them into the wood of the rail and catch yourself before you plummet down to the first floor. So you're basically clinging to the railing at this point with your feet dangling down over the drop. In the swirling caramelized blood mist and this roiling blackish red purple flames you can see figures emerging kind of rising out of these sundered halves of this poor bastard and you see uh a massive figure with ochre reddish and uh orange scaled hide Massive shoulders. It has a polearm in its hand that ends in this twisted fork of iron, the tips of which burn red hot. Its face is this leering mask of hate with these massive horns that curve up from its forehead and wings that start to spread out. Uh, over the assembled groups. Uh, the table has been flipped over and the uh, the groups at the tables have been blown back, but it looks like most of them were shielded from the blast by the table itself. and uh, And so they weren't thrown the way Rowan was. Next to him, next to this massive winged horned figure are two... You would almost say humans or humanoids. There's a a male and a female figure. Their skin is this pale uh, fish belly white, very sickly with these blue and purple veins showing through. And they are wearing nothing, not a stitch of clothing, but they are wrapped in chains that uh, barely serve the needs of modesty. And these chain veils hang in front of their faces, and these chains, two of them, wrap down their arms and sort of extend like whips or tendrils from their hands. And as they move, there's this slithering hiss of the, the iron links grating over each other, and the chains are full of barbs and hooks digging into their flesh and scraping on the wood. And so I think that's where we're going to stop this week, and we'll pick it up next time. Ah! As we're getting, yeah, we're getting yeah. nice up, we're getting nice and close to the uh, the end of our time here. And uh, it would be nice to have uh, Will rejoin us next week for this. Is so I think we're going to up next week. Those are two chain devils and a horn devil. Yes.
0: Oh great. <laughs> okay. I mean, oh. frankly, it'd be nice to have a paladin here for this. Oh, just saying. <laughs>
1: right. It's just uh, mm-hmm. at this point, we'll if we start doing this, we'll probably run a bit over, and it would be nice to to let her <laughs> get in on this. So next time, we're going to kick it off right with some initiative. Oh, great. all right. So, uh, man, uh, I I had a good time, guys. Thanks for thanks for joining us, viewers. Thanks once again for for coming along uh, on this dark fantasy ride with us. Uh, how, how did you guys enjoy that? Why don't we go around and uh, talk about how we liked it and where everybody can find you on the interweb, Simply.
0: Hi, my name is Simply Jackson, Simply Jackson, Simply Jin, Simply, Simply Jackson, Simply whatever you want to call me. I'm a variety broadcaster on Twitch. make a lot of art. uh, play a lot of video games, but make a lot of art mostly. I play Tilly, our dwarven fighter who has had a very exciting episode, I would say. So I'm excited about this. It's going to be fun to actually see her uh, interact with an PC that she isn't trying to pawn off on other people. Um, also, more fighting stuff. Yay! I'm so excited. Uh, but this episode's been really good. I've enjoyed the interaction between our characters. I feel like it's 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 been fun to kind of see more of that grow. I like that a lot. Uh, but other than that, I can't wait for next week. So I'll pass it on to <coughs> Micklegan.
4: <laughs> oh hello there uh you re- might recognize me from such films as do you need a blood sacrifice or <laughs> or holy fuck is that a chain devil um so uh yeah i'm McLokin. uh you guys can uh follow me on uh twitter uh, at mcclokin i'm on a bunch of shows uh i'm Going to be on a new show starting Friday, which is going to be Rogue Trader. It's going to be episode zero. uh, We're doing character creation. Yeah, I'm excited. And uh, that's going to be on MetaBanser's channel. Um, But other than that, yeah, Mondays I'll be on Unmade Games' channel playing uh, Numenera. And then uh, here uh, doing some more uh, World Tree Burns. Uh, Hopefully not uh, getting caught that he (laughs) made a blood sacrifice. Uh, because he can't fucking lie today, so <laughs> I, fe- I feel like a lot of things came to light for uh, uh, simply and moth today about Cloud that they didn't realize mm-hmm. what was going
1: on. Probably, yeah, probably so. All right, uh, Scarlet Moth, how about you?
5: Oh boy, thanks, Dan. You're I love being a bird. I love being a bird that can't fly. It's great. At least I made that Dex save. So, well, yeah. I'm Scarlet Moth. You can find me on Twitter at that Scarlet Moth. I'm an artist, uh, cosplayer, D D player, and also probably the vic- next victim of a chain devil. So, <laughs> I-, I normally like infernal things, but not when I'm being attacked by them. Thanks, Dan. I love it. I- Happy to help. I do. I do love this game. I love playing it every week, so thank you to our amazing DM and players. And we'll be back with Will next week too, which is going to be fun to see how Rio Dan handles this. Uh, You can find me playing on the channel Almighty Tales on uh, US Monday mornings in the Lost Minds of uh, of Fandelva campaign. And I'm going to be starting my own Planescape campaign very shortly. So
1: that's awesome. That's exciting. Alrighty, uh, talk roll playing through some of dead gods. Yay! Love dead gods.
3: What fun! Yay! <laughs> Portals to hell, letting devils through that are inside of people that fall apart. Yay! That's going to be fun. Glaz is going to be so happy with this. See, we should have not gotten involved. Uh, but no, I, I liked, uh, liked Glaz and Cloak's uh, interaction today. I thought that was kind of fun. they the, Him uh, having a bad day, and but Glass is,
1: you know, just Glass. Glass
3: is, you know, just he's like a Glass is like a big troll can hug, like a big troll hug. Um, <laughs> Sometimes you be, he's a
1: judgmental hug. <laughs> he could be a little bit.
3: Uh, but, uh, anyway, you can find me all over the, uh, internet as tall squall. If you go to my Twitter page, uh, tall squall, uh, you will find the pin tweet there. that tells you all the places that I am, including Saturdays where I am a DM for my own campaign. That's coming up on its 90th session. It's 90th episode. Crap. Um, and, uh, on this Saturday. Uh, and so, uh, we'll be closing out February, uh, where we are raising money for dedicated endeavors, which helps out veterans. So, uh, stop by. And
1: give us a awesome.
5: check. Very cool. You could say that. All right. Once a time, Barris was falling in love, but now he's only falling apart.
1: Falling apart. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, and I have been your dungeon master, Dan Dillon. You can find me on Twitter at Dan underscore Dillon underscore one. I love talking D&D. So uh, yeah, if you have any questions about Midgard campaign setting or D&D in general, hit me up. I'd love to chat. So, uh, yeah, thanks so much to everyone for joining us, and uh, we hope to see you guys next week. Thank you very much.
5: Please send Bye. help.
1: And now I wonder if there's uh, anybody I... to shut the stream off. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We could
5: always You could... Stay just around for forever. some glorious things. Yeah, we can just
1: we can just hang out for a bit. Yeah, we do the list. If anybody in the I in mean, the chat has any any questions you want to yeah, ask, we could uh, we could hang about, out and answer those.
5: Any questions about our characters? Yeah. Let, let's have a, a world tree Q and A.
1: Yeah, we could do that if uh, if anybody is interested. as uh, if there's anything floating around, anybody new didn't uh, didn't quite understand or catch up on, we could uh, we could help fill in the gaps.
0: Uh, it's an old it's an old this was awkward ask me anything
1: yeah (laughs) what are we gonna do what are we gonna do to fill airtime
5: why are you like this (laughs) like what that's my question
4: why am i like what just this uh Uh,
5: but
0: did you watch the royal rumble
4: I did not watch the Royal Rumble because uh, I heard, I know what happened. Like, I watched bits and pieces with it, um, which everything <laughs> seemed pretty predictable. Uh, yeah, that's a, uh, I'm waiting for uh, after the 31st to see what Kenny Omega's going to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Sorry, we went wrestling route.
4: Wrestling talk is. <laughs> wrestling talk. I
5: thought, I know what wrestling is.
4: What was Cloak's long, reaction long to the, the chain
1: demons? I don't know. Would, would Cloak know the different types of devils? Um, you've certainly seen some before. Um, you have probably seen examples of each of those in the past. And mm-hmm. the sight of that one with the horns and the polearm is kind of turning your guts to water. That is an extremely powerful devil in the infernal hierarchy. Yeah. And for um, so yeah for someone to have been able to conjure that here is is no mean feat and uh yeah <laughs> so he's probably alive. Yeah, oh
6: shit
3: oh shit oh shit oh shit
6: oh
5: shit i'm wondering what glass's reactions to that's going to be
3: glass is probably a little fascinated but also is um yeah it's going to be interesting to see uh where glass lands in the in ye old uh, ye old in, initiative to see what what happens.
1: Right. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how that shakes out. That could, uh, yeah, who knows? We might see we might see some new and interesting things that we haven't seen before. Uh, yeah, coming to so, light then. Don't know. Yeah. Well,
5: um, uh, I'm wondering if glass is going to be exploding that gem. On that that axe
3: well no because i i mean i think that if anything we, we i think the, these things everyone's going to attack these things i'm hoping that they're that we've got we're going to see a big alliance between black shields and cloven nine to help but fight
5: also, also infernal it could make it worse these are devils uh,
1: it, it, it oh, yeah, certainly is and I would say that the the look on the Cloven Nine's face was shock and terror. Um, yeah, so they I, certainly don't look like. Yeah, Glass ah, now, now they is go this. time. Yeah, yeah. Glass
3: isn't thinking they did this. Glass is thinking that this that they truly because oh, Glass would have Glass would have thought they were being honest. That hey, we had nothing to do with this. He, you know so they he assumes that the Cloven Nine were telling the truth and that this is just as much of a surprise to them, you know, of uh, whatever. So, I mean, I I think that is going to be just one of those things. Um, Quick, Actually, quick question for you, Dan, and I think Mm -hmm. that I am pretty darn sure, but I am not positive. The Shadow Pearl is not a single-use item, right?
1: It is not a single-use item. Cool. That is true.
3: Cool. Yep. Well, I can tell you, I, I might try to pull the old cartway, to the old
1: cartway <laughs> shuffle here. <laughs> the yeah,
5: that's,
4: uh... <laughs> have you guys figured I out have... what, what's going on with the body and the infernal carved in on it? You? It was. Uh, <laughs> if you guys ever notice when that subject comes up, I always make a face is because I'm like, Oh, so basically it was back when we started investigating the black shields because we found members that were in the cartways working with this really weird guy. Um, and, uh, and I would I went to the, I believe lower Zobek. Uh, and I started asking around about the, this symbol and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and, uh, I was walking back to the upper Zobac
1: and these four guys came out. Uh, holding no, you were, lantern, you not. were in the car. You were in the cartways. That was down in the darkness of the time. Oh, yeah, you, okay, yeah. you had just left the black market on an off day. You were uh, pumping oh, one, yeah, of yeah. The, one of the cafe workers for information on the black shields. Cause you guys hadn't really yeah. met and dealt with Thrick yet.
4: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's a, um And so, yeah, I was in the cartways and they came out with a lantern. And mm-hmm. uh, that was when um, basically they were uh, they were like had like swords or clubs out. Uh, I can't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was like a, one big guy and three like uh, regular sized people. Uh, and so basically what I did was attack the lantern because they were all human uh, and they yep. couldn't see in the dark, and then use that to my advantage. Uh, killed two of them. One of them Kill, uh, died killed one. later.
1: Yeah.
4: yeah. One died later from his wounds. Uh, and then yep. um, I w- my thought process at the time was um, to freak them out. I didn't really know about the whole other gang that was in, uh, tieflings. So yep. I put I, in his head, I put stay away in Infernal to uh, send that message to stay away from me because they, they had uh, sent that message to me. So I was thinking that Thrick already knew that I was had something to do with that. But then i was really kind of foggy on that.
1: He might have, actually. He mentioned something about some people making some stupid decisions. But the Infernal threw him off. Because he doesn't know the deal with, with Neiman.
4: Oh, no. That's a... And, I just put a weird language on there to freak people out, and so uh, it worked, no one knows it's Cloak.
5: You caused a gangland war. Uh, Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Threatened it, threatened it. It didn't didn't fully erupt. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, So, yeah, for the people in the underbelly of Zobek, when you start talking about Infernal, people in the know are going to immediately think of the Cloven Nine, because if you need... Infernal magic, uh, assassinations, that sort of thing. That's where you go. They can they can sort it out. Um, they have all kinds of nasty dark magic at their uh, at their behest. They can do all sorts of freaky weird divinations if you give them some blood and bone and entrails. Um, you're lucky that uh, you guys had a good offer for for because the usual price is to gouge out your eye. <laughs> If you want that sort of help from them, so uh, yeah. you guys got a discount. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so they have the, the cloven nine have a pretty dark reputation if you're in those circles, and uh, and so seeing infernal cut into someone's forehead, that's immediately where people look. And, now uh,
5: I have a question for all the cast and for Dan, which sure? is what what has surprised you or your character the most. What well, has surprised you as players or you as a ca- as your characters the most this season? Either with something on the overarching plot or something more character roleplay related.
1: Okay, you guys can... I Wait, think
0: um... for me, it's the surprise situation. I mean, Dan's such a good storyteller that whenever we end up coming around to a fight, I'm like... Oh, damn Uh, I think in character, though, uh, I knew there was potential tension between uh, a dwarf and a trollkin, and I think Tilly as a character would have been surprised about Glaz and about his actual kind and warm nature and being well-learned and stuff, as opposed to just being something to crush or wanting to crush uh, us, so... I know that was like, is he gonna hate me? In the beginning, I don't know because I didn't know, but I was excited that, with some tension and ease, it ended up being fine in character. So he's
5: a gentle yeah, troll.
3: I mean, that's the thing is, Glass was not raised in the north, nope. so uh, it, it's it's a very he is not a he is not a. Dan, and I talked this. He's he's not a true told trollkin,
1: but sort of. He's not a raider. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't raised yeah, in that troll in, kid, right? in that in that culture at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a college kid essentially. <laughs> yeah. yeah, So, uh, so yeah. Uh, I don't know, Loke, What's what sort of things have surprised you or Cloak throughout the game? Um, I'm trying to think. Like back to season
4: one uh, when Kane died, I was mm. very abrupt. It was just very all of a sudden. Uh, One way to end a season, uh, and then with the reveal at the end of it. uh, And if you guys haven't seen it, go watch season one, and then you'll know what I'm talking about. Finale Um, was pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, I would say, and then uh, the interactions with uh, Glasrudan and uh, Cloak uh, at the beginning of season two, like dealing with like his downward spiral into a shit ton of drugs all to all to now where he's like clean and sober is the way to go and we're like what the fuck (laughs) but yeah that's a uh it's it's been like a a roller coaster um in this campaign uh but uh i have a i have a blast and uh i think i i can't wait for i mean tonight was a huge surprise with a man exploding into demons so (laughs) that's a thing devils devils not demons Devils, I'm sorry, I apologize. All right. Devils are
5: a lawful demons are chaotic.
4: Yes. That is very uh, true.
5: I, I'm surprised that Godan latched onto Rowan so much. Well, I mean with the drugs, but also how that relationship turned out. But then I'm on a more personal note, I'm surprised that it, that nobody has sort of worked out what Rowan's deal is yet.
1: Yep. So, um especially not that i accidentally
5: slipped up one time.
1: Uh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And i think i remember at one point there was um you you were maybe about to let something slip to Rio Dan when he was in one of his moods to try and kind of make a connection yeah. but he was like nope, don't care. <laughs> you were like, "Oh, well, all right." <laughs> it was uh, I was like, "Ooh, there was there was a thing about to happen there. That was cool." Um yeah, that was fun. Uh, so for me, one of the things that surprised me the most was, I, I mean, it probably shouldn't have, but it surprised me how hard Kane's death hit Ryoden and and what uh, a tailspin and sort of downward spiral that caused for him. It was fun. Uh, it, it was it was cool. It was unexpected. It caused some, like, the that first session where you guys finally met him and there was that whole, like, uh, almost an intervention kind of thing going on. And then there was the, the, Hey, give us the room moment with the boys and, and, you know, Kaja coming in all emotional. Yeah, that was, that was really cool. I was not expecting that to go down that way. That was kind of off the cuff from, uh, from Will. And uh, I loved where, I love where that went. And uh, it, it created a really cool dynamic, particularly with new characters and new players coming in and, um, And so another thing for me is, you know, I haven't played with all of you very much. Some of you before this season, not at all. And so learning the sorts of things you guys are into as players, particularly with these characters, has been a really fun challenge and experience for me. Like, uh, you know, Cloak is going to wander off and find something to do. This is is a habit. (laughs) This is not the first time he's been like, yeah, I'm going to go over here for this thing you had no idea I was going to do. And I'm just like, all right, cool. There's a there's a anyway. sentence on that and so big as it's here I can I can figure something out so it's uh it's been it's been fun learning what makes you guys tick as players and characters and trying to anticipate and and screw with that a little bit quite frankly <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I hope you guys have been enjoying it as much as I have I've been having a blast I look forward yeah. to this every week uh, I pine for your beautiful faces yep. when we have a week off and uh, awesome. all right so Definitely
5: one of- one
1: of the most invested I've been in a campaign, so. Awesome, I'm really glad to hear it and I love your guys' stories and characters and uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see where, where it all goes and, and how things end up getting weaved together as they do. Uh, so if nobody else has any final thoughts, I think we'll go ahead and call it for tonight. Will, if you could uh, take us on out.
5: If you're out there in the ether, Will,
1: Bye, everybody.
5: (laughs) Bye. See you next week. Please help.